Welcome to the Neighborhood Watch Party Podcast with George, James, and Drew. While we may essentially just be fans of the sport, we passionately debate it weekly, and I've recorded it here for your viewing pleasure. Check out our social media in the description to find us on other platforms. Please enjoy. All right, welcome to the Neighborhood Watch Party Podcast. I mean, as, as it said, check out those socials, but we're going to hop as quickly as we can into the bulk of the content today. So this is going to be our first episode. Um, we're going to do some general introductions here to introduce you to the gang and give you a little description about what the show is going to be about before we get into the actual content. Um, but plain and simple, like like sort of like the description said, we're, we're all fans of sports, but particularly we're going to be focusing on football here. Um, we're all interested in football. We all talk it on a day-to-day basis as is, and we figured we'd record it and put it out just to show you guys a little bit of our fun conversations that we get to manage to get a little of a laugh out of, and we figured that you guys might as well. And so I guess I could start with my own first introduction today. I am Andrew Nider, but in the show, we're going to be going by Drew here. Um, I am a Steelers fan at heart. I've been going to Steelers games ever since I was a little kid. Um, I My dad even took me to the uh, Super Bowl down in Tampa when we got to beat the Cardinals and you know I might have missed the James Harrison return because I was getting a corn dog but I did get to see the big catch down at the end that won the game so you know that goes down to one of the moments of my favorite sporting events ever um, it was crazy to be at but I've been in a lot of other Steelers games I'm a Steelers sports fan all around I watch the Pirates and Penguins as well um, I'm a Notre Dame grad so I'm a Notre Dame there when it comes to college stuff but other than that um, I'm not much of a sports guy. I uh, was a big bowler in high school. I did a little bit of tennis. Um, so I've played sports before. I did soccer, a little bit of flag football, actually. Um, but that was only for one year. So that only got one year of any, any football experience. But I've definitely been watching the sports since I was a young child. But we could definitely toss it over. I'm not sure who wants to go first, George or James. But... Uh, George, I'll leave it up to you. Yeah. Oh, sweet. I'll take it over. What's up, guys? My name's George. I have to start with I'm a diehard, we're called Ohio sports fan. Grew up in Northeast Ohio. I attend Ohio State. I'm a Brown season ticket holder. I got on the wait list in high school with a buddy, and we've had the tickets since we we're early on in college, and we maintain them today. Good at Ohio State, like I just said. So, Browns, Buckeyes, Blue Jackets abs even a little bit of crew even though i'm not a big soccer guy i got you all covered with ohio sports i played high school football i played football for like over a decade i started when i could barely like walk and i also play a lot of madden so when it comes to football schemes terminology the rule book i just about have it all covered and i do have to say as an ohio state fan my favorite sports moment ever was the streak by ezekiel elliott 85 yards through the heart of the south to beat alabama in the first college football playoff there's never been a play like that there's never going to be a play like that again in my opinion but i'm gonna let james introduce himself real quick a fellow buckeye of mine <laughs> thank you george i appreciate it yep uh i'm james the uh, last member of the podcast group last member of the neighborhood watch and i'm also a. Uh, OSU student currently, hopefully to be an OSU uh, grad, OSU alum soon. And uh, I'm a little bit different than George and, uh, and and Drew. I come from the same part of Ohio as them, but I am a diehard Washington sports fan. Uh, my dad grew up in uh, in the D.C. area, Prince George's County, uh, played football all his life. And so I grew up around sports. My whole, fa- my whole family are huge sports fans. You know, I was a 
fan of the Redskins, then the Washington football team, and now the Washington Commanders. And despite whatever happens with that team, I will stay with them, even though it's extremely painful. Extremely, extremely painful sometimes. Um, but, you know, as for my favorite sports moment, I have to say the Thanksgiving game uh, during RG3's rookie year. I got to watch it with uh, with my grandparents in D.C. and my dad. And uh, just watching RG3 lay up the Cowboys, Alfred Morris, you know, just uh, all those runs, just RG3 in the prime of his career. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget that 2012 year. It was, it was amazing. And then as for my own, uh, my own sports experience, uh, I've never played football, um, but I am a huge football fan. Like I said, I've been watching it my whole life. Um, I actually pull, I actually did bowling with Niter. I played a little tennis as well, and uh, I golfed as well. I'm a huge golf fan as well. So you'll uh, definitely around major season. You'll be a, uh, you'll be hearing from me about that. A big Jordan Spieth fan. So uh, yeah, that's me. Let's let's do this, guys. But yeah, so again, like we all kind of said, as we've hinted at, um, George definitely has more actual football experience than the other one. I, I don't even know if we could call my year in flag football real. Like I was on one of the teams that ran those shitty uh, trick plays to win like the Super Bowl <laughs> stuff. Like, like I, I, I didn't quite learn the spirit of football. Um, I also was like a Packer. I was a, I was a Packer, so like I was totally not interested. Like I, I was re- when I found out I wasn't a Steeler, I was already out of it. Like. That's a crime. Northeast Ohio having a Packer team. Well, they had like it was. They had thirty-two teams. Like they had the full NFL in our flag football division. Flag football. No, I know it was crazy. It was. It was. It was. It was fun. I got one two-point conversion. I got one two-point conversion. I did. Did you guys win the Super Bowl? We did. In fact, that's wow. when my two-point conversion came. It was sort of like the coaches, the coaches like, "Ah, oh, gosh, it's the end of the season now. I got to get all these other kids." In. <laughs> it's really special, but it was a ten-year-old <laughs> taking a hand off the left. Yeah, yeah it was. It was ten-year-old Nider taking direct snap. It was actually direct snap. I just ran left. <laughs> you love to see it. You really do. That'll go down in history as the Youngstown special. It could be. It could, Youngstown it could. special. But yeah, so. We're we're all centrally fans of the sport, and, and like we said, we 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 fervently argue with each other on a day to day basis about it. Um, we all did debate together too. I, I don't want to get too nerdy into that all that, but we like to argue. We do. Um, and so that's kind of why we decided to come together and make this podcast. You know, we're all got a, a little bit of free time. And we figured we might as well spend it doing something that we all enjoy and do, and and put some yeah, no, creative I effort. Mean, we definitely feel like we're gonna put it out there. You know, this isn't about becoming famous or anything or, or, you know, amassing large viewerships. We, you know, it would be cool and all, I guess. Um, but I mean, I, I think I, I still, I, I can't wait to get our first question. I think that'll be just so fun to like have a question, you know, no, that would be pretty cool. I you mean, know, and that's, like, and that's what I'm saying. Day, yeah. At the end of the day, we're just trying to, you know, we're entertaining ourselves with this conversation. If anyone else is entertained by this, great that's awesome but yeah. like like andrew was saying you know we don't need to get it big if we have one extra viewer that's awesome yeah well i will let you guys know that james's washington sports takes are entertaining oh that's you know it, it to stay a washington fan as, as passionately as james does you gotta certainly make up some takes to keep your sanity there you know <laughs> and george i don't i don't know if you have as much you 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 probably had a little hard time being a browns fan too so i don't want to i want to hear it from the owen 16 browns fan. <laughs> i was gonna say and i'm about to experience it my steelers are going through it right now you guys have the, the 
commanders have the best record in this call right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just say, yeah, yeah. yeah don't, don't start hating on the commanders. Yeah. They're the hottest team in football right now. Oh, I don't, commanders, know. I, I don't know about that. But. Well, speaking Can of we, the commanders, you want to talk about their last game, James? No, no, no. We've got, we've got more stuff general to do, guys, before we get into the specifics. Calm down, folks. Oh. All right, all right, all right. I was, I was ready. I was ready. We were ready. We're ready to go. No, I understand. But the big thing right, too I'll dish, is, I'll dish it back to, I'll dish it back to Niner. Niner yeah, we're still, we're still at the top. We're, we're still at the top of the show here, boys. We're just, but again, we're also not quite sure on length or anything. Um, if anyone has a preference, I guess let us know. But until we get viewers yelling at us, we're just going to kind of ramble on and talk as we see fit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if if if, if y'all prefer shorter but bunched up content, we can definitely try to figure something out like that. Uh, but again, we're we're gonna just kind of do it and see how it goes at the beginning. Um, and so, basically, we're hoping though our episodes can follow a similar format at this junction in the road. And so we sort of have big three bulk portions as we're calling them. And so the first one, we're gonna start off the shows usually like we hope. We're gonna talk about last week's games, and that's where we're gonna look at the games that have previously come up so for our favorite teams um for for big games and upset alerts and stuff like that but also we 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 will have a community team that we'll be looking at as a podcast together um and then in the middle for our, our second bulk portion we're sort of just going to be looking at breaking news and this could be anything from just general sports talk to injuries and fantasy but this is where we're going to have the majority of our our free and variety conversation you know we're obviously going to reach even out of the nfl sometimes here um, but finally, our final bulk portion is where we'll do look into the upcoming week ahead um, and look at the uh, Thursday night game, look at the Sunday game, look at all the different games that are coming up for the next week, make our predictions for our, our specific teams, for any big games that matter, and also for our watch. And then in closing, we're going to do uh, a little fun segment that we'll talk about more when we get there, but it's going to be a little fun game for us to play week to week um, to, to compete with each other because, you know, we all argue about who knows the most about football here and George probably knows the most when you talk about technicality but I like to think I might be the best gambler out of here you know I don't know in money made but I, I like to consider myself a gambling prodigy and when it comes to making these picks I'm pretty good I'm pretty good I think I could light these guys up and I hope well, we'll have a little fun with that you know, I'll be honest if you've never gambled you've made more money gambling that's not true. George's gambling is the streakiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, mine's very streaky. It's <laughs> well, we'll get into that more later. We'll get into the gambling, but now I guess is where we. This is where we can sort of hop into that first segment. And do we want to start with our favorite teams then? Because we could we could focus on our three of last week's games if we want to start with our favorite then, and then we can move into bigs. Yeah, I'm fine with that, George. Is that cool with you? Absolutely. All right, well, let's, uh, George or James, if y'all want to start off with your favorite team's games, if we could get going Well, George did call me out earlier. Yeah, so all right, I'll let's go into it, James, yeah. So, I'll happily start Wait. off with, uh, with, uh, with a Washington Commanders win, 19-13 to over the Atlanta Falcons. A bit closer uh, game than the score would suggest. Uh, Atlanta had the ball at the very end of the game with a chance to win, but once again, the Commanders' defense, one of the best units in the NFL right now, Definitely a top ten, maybe even a top five unit. Uh, really came in the oh, game in clutch. Right <laughs> Deron Payne put, tipping the pass up. Kendall Ford coming down with an interception to seal the game. Also helped a little that we get that uh, Atlanta's special teams uh, caused the roughing the punter on uh, my boy Tressway at the end there to seal the game. But uh, yeah, it was a definitely a much closer game than I would have liked. Um, Atlanta's run game really went off. Uh, 
Their scheme is really good. They really know how to run the ball. But uh, Washington did a, had the bend-no-break mentality. You know, they really uh, held firm in the red zone, still only giving up 13 points despite Atlanta being in the red zone a lot this game. You know, Washington's own run game performed very well, especially in the second half. They had, I think, over 100 yards of rushing in the second half, which is really good, led by Brian Robinson, to become back player of the year after getting shot in the knee. Um, but, yeah, um, they won. Uh, one a takeaway from this, though, is definitely that the Washington offense, despite its success with the run game and relying on the defense, uh, they're, they definitely give up way too many red zone opportunities, and this game was one of them, too. They... You know they take too many uh, take too many field goals there when they're within within the twenty and if they're going to get any better this year, you know, and I think they can. They really need to start taking more advantage of those opportunities. But solid win against uh, against a team that you know they play hard. They're, the Falcons are a gritty team. They're tough to beat. Play really tough. So you know, no, solid win this week. Very proud. Yeah, that's of what I, I actually. This is going to be. I was looking sort of at the the stat block for it and I'm looking at two names that I like particularly follow that are both Falcons and so like one name I'm particularly happy to see back in, in NFL rosters is Marcus Mariota you know I really like watching him in college um, but also Cordell Patterson I'm so happy to see him getting like touches rushing and getting I have it I got his autograph on the sports card so it's a little biased of a take there but did, did the Falcon I, I mean I see the Falcons got back into it it looks like it a little but but um, did Marcus look any good if you don't mind me asking i, I know that you're uh, watching the commanders well, probably. well when marcus was running the ball he looked pretty good uh, uh throwing the ball he might not want to throw the ball fair enough <laughs> and that's, that is what they're paying him to do though throw the ball which could how be good marcus periodo looked he threw an interception on the five yard line to lose the game yeah and, the, and uh he uh he had mariota whenever he dropped back he, he had a few good throws, but a lot of them were really bad. Uh, Mariota did not look good. See, like, I root good. for him. I'm really rooting for him. I'm in his corner. I'm a Mariota supporter. But no, we I could, get it. I get it. Yeah. We could, Why? I, 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 I told you, <laughs> I, I watched, I remember, I don't know what playoff game it was, but I remember just seeing him come out in some, like, special uniform, and he, he like, lit him up. He was, he was doing good. I don't think they I won. Remember, I remember that playoff game. Oh, no, it was the first college football playoff ever against the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2014, and he lost. Yeah. I don't think they I won. Lost, baby. But I still had a good time watching him, you know? Like, I just... He's, he's a name that I've been familiar terrible. with. <laughs> um, so to summarize what James said, Atlanta lost the game. Washington didn't really win. Fair. Yeah. Hey, you have to play good... De- hey, you have to play good defense to win the game. Top five defense, defense in the league. Hey, the scoreboard's That's all that matters, George. They're, scoreboard's all that hey, matters. They're definitely, they're definitely a top ten defense. They can be top five at their I mean, they have the they have, in my opinion, the t- the best D tackle duo in the league in Payne and Al, and they have, by PFF grade, the best safety duo since Cam Curl and Derek Forrest are at least prior to recording this episode the number one and number two safety in the league. So I don't know when you have Whoa. when you have top position. No, groups, they're number what? They're the top two safeties in the league. Really, I believe. BFF rankings about about as much as I believe Liver King's not on stairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna. I, I mean, thought they, like, is Minka not up there this year? I I know I'm probably being biased. Is Minka not having? I, I mean, Minka. Could, I mean, Minka's a top safety. I'm just saying that's just how good the Washington safeties have been playing. I figured. I figured Minka I mean, would be up there. I, I mean, guess I, I assume Minka's I, better than normal. He just had no, that Minka's first real, good Minka's season really with good. us. He had that first really good season with us. Like when he we traded for him. 
Like no, I think Minka's overall a top a top safety in the league. I'm just saying right now Washington has the top has two safeties playing at top five level like this year, yeah, and which I, is you know just shows how good the defense is, along with a D line that has three first round picks on it and about to be four once Chase Young comes back in a week or two. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean. Do we want to switch over to either yeah, that's gonna Steelers stock? I mean, we all have wins this week, so we should all be pretty happy. Let's get to the real exciting game oh, of the week. I don't know. Browns. Crazy overtime win over Tom Brady in the fucking. I'm, I'm happy about a Tom Brady loss. I'll give you that. Hey, let's put like <laughs> Joe Woods, are his, if you guys don't know, it's our defensive coordinator that about the entire fan base has been trying to get fired all season. Might have saved his job for a few more weeks. Held Tom Brady to 17 points, about two stops in overtime, and we got to talk about the crazy one-handed catch by David and Joku to get the last-second touchdown on fourth and nine, 32 seconds left, one-handed snag in the back of the end zone, a dot from Jacoby Brissett to send the game to overtime. It was beautiful. I'll tell you what, the Chief has absolutely showed up this year, and I think outside of that top tier of tight ends, your Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. I think David and Joku's right there. But we got him into overtime, sealed the game with a Nicholas Jamal Chubb touchdown run right up the gap. We had a huge catch by Amari Cooper, and it just feels like Kevin Stefanski has the locker room back right now. It feels like it's an incredible time to be a Browns fan and a Browns player. Did he ever lose the locker room though? Like I thought, I yeah, think I feel like they kept always it. Always yeah. been really good. Like in the, in, in the middle of the season here, we we lost five or six games. Um, some players looked frustrated. There were some tweets sent out. Um, it was rough there for a little while. We lost a couple games that you don't want to lose, like Atlanta. I mean, the Jets have looked good this year, but you don't <laughs> imagine losing to Atlanta. <laughs> Listen, I don't Ooh. want to hear it. We have no <laughs> interior defense. Our our interior defense is the worst in the NFL, and it's that's not exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. You have you have Miles Garrett though. I mean, he more than makes up. Yeah, you know, Miles Garrett is great when you got to rush the passer on third and nine, uh, and it's second and five, and they're throwing the ball up the middle in the a gap, running behind Derek Watt. Miles Garrett ain't doing nothing. Tommy Togia is 10 yards down the field on his fucking buck, on his butt, pushing he was still an Ohio State Buckeye playing against Iowa Northwestern. I mean, fair enough, but I, th- I definitely think, you know, and I, I, and George, you know, I've talked to you about this. Like, I think Joe Woods probably should be still fired after this year. You know, if, 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 if we're looking at any sort of consistency from the defense, but, you know, like, he really did throw a game together. Like, you guys actually looked like you like the team knew how to play both defense and offense for once. Because I thought your offense has been pretty good overall, but the defense is what struggled. And you had a full game. Like, it was it was a solid yeah. game by you guys. Tom Brady two times in overtime. You can't ask for more than that. And um, really, my player of the week, not just because it's a Cleveland Brown, but across the NFL is MJ Emerson, Art Emerson, our rookie corner. Um. Locked down all game against Mike Evans. Zero catches for zero yards for Mike Evans and the Browns bucking. Bro, Mike Evans is just having a bad season, though. Like, has Mike even done anything all year? I I don't really think he's having necessarily a bad season. At least, no, fantasy-wise, he's had some good weeks. And he's a big dude. Probably bad for him. When you saw him standing next to Emerson, he's way bigger than Emerson. Like, way bigger. But Emerson just had him on an island all day. We weren't throwing help over there. It was Emerson all day, one-on-one against Evans. 
and he just did a phenomenal job. And I think our pass rush really showed up, and that, that helps the corners a lot, obviously. But Mike Evans didn't have time to get deep. But just so happy to see that third-round pick paying off like that at corner. I really think the Browns' secondary, when they put it together, is one of the best in the league. Denzel Ward's the highest-paid corner in the league, multiple-time Pro Bowler. M. Jamerson's playing incredible. Greg Newsom, the first-rounder last year out of Northwestern's, had a good start to his NFL career, a bump here and there. And then Greedy Williams is your fourth corner. I know he's not the best guy in the league, but when he's your fourth-string cornerback, you really like that depth there. I don't know. No, I'm, I mean, that's fair. I'm going to be honest. I'm not I, – I know I'm critical of the Browns, but I the Buccaneers – seem to be getting worse and worse by the week. Like, they're falling the apart. The Buccaneers are really hurt. The like, this, Tom, hurt. Uh, Tom Brady is having such a bad on retirement that it's, like, pitiful. <laughs> he, it's pitiful. He really is. It's pitiful. Bad. But, I mean, like, they lost their center at the beginning of the year. I think they lost. Then they lose uh, their left tackle in the middle of the game or was their right tackle. Oh, I don't. Attack in the middle of the game. I, 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 I do my best Worf? not to watch Tom Brady. Kristen <laughs> Wirfs has been on and off the um, I know Fournette's been hurt because that's been hitting my fantasy team hard at least. Yeah, Fournette's been uh, hurt. They lost. Uh, they lost Kappa to Cincinnati, right? That was their guard last year. I mean, they've they've just had a lot of turnovers. Evans isn't. Ca- Evans really is hard. dropping easy. Uh, there, what was that one? It was a couple weeks ago. Evans dropping the wide open putty. Like it oh, was yeah, just so. Un- it was so Actually, uncharacteristic of him. Here's the crazy part. We just said the Buccaneers right now. Right now, right. If you think about it, they're in the worst division by far in football. They're still going to sneak into the playoffs with a home game. Now we're talking Tom Brady's going to have a home game. Yeah, but I want I want that. That's a buy round in my opinion right now. You want to know who it's going to be against, though? Because one of three quarterbacks it's probably going to be against. It's going to be against Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Dak Prescott. Give me Danny Dimes. <laughs> bro, you're, bro, you're leaving out the team in, in the seventh wild card spot right now. You're leaving out, or, the, you're leaving or, out Taylor or Heineke. Or my bad. Or Taylor Heineke. Yeah, and we're taking Tom Brady to playoffs against any of those guys. I mean, yeah, Taylor Heineke let's, let's, let's look at let's look at George. Let's look at the year. Let's look at the Tom Brady's quarterback matchups this year. Okay, let's look at Tom Brady's quarterback matchups this year. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking in hypotheticals real quick. Let's say he gets through that round. Then he gets one of Jalen Hurts, who he killed last year in the playoffs. He could get a Jalen Hurts, a different piece this year. Who's a whatever, or or Cousins, who the second the lights come on and he's in prime time, can't do anything. No, George, I'm with you. I'm Brady, putting Brady in a playoff situation. No, no, dude. Let me let me let me go real quick down. Can we just literally go down the Buccaneer schedule? So week one, Dak wasn't there, right? In Cal. No, exactly. Got or no, he was there. He got hurt he, in the middle of the game, right? Yeah, that's so week one, he I'll give you that. They win against half deck, but that's their run. Week two, they win. It's it's the Saints. So that's probably Jameis at this point. That was right? Jameis at that point. Oh, that was All right. Jameis. You're supposed God. to beat Jameis. They go to the lose against the Packers. A Rod beats him. They go lose against Mahomes. Mahomes beats him. They go to the Falcons, and I get you're supposed to beat him there. But young gun Kenny Pickett comes and beats the Buccaneers. Then the Panthers, then Baker Mayfield and his poverty franchise down in Panther land beats him. Dude, I'm, I'm pretty and sure then, Walker beat Tom Brady. Then, Lamar, then Lamar Jackson beats him, who I already have my critiques of as a quarterback. Um, I'm a big 
Lamar Jackson fan. I'm not. I'm not. I don't buy into his arm. And he's good. Don't get me wrong. Would I take him in Pittsburgh right now? God, yes. But would I build my future franchise around him? Probably not. Yes. I agree with Nider. I completely agree. And then they beat the Rams, but the Rams are bad this year as well. And then they go and beat the Seahawks. Like what you say, Geno Smith. But I'm telling you, it's hard to beat the same team twice in a year. Listen, all I'm saying is like, and George is hypothetical here, right? He's he's either playing one of the NFC East teams aside from the Eagles in the first round, or or the or the Seahawks, right? Yeah. And all I mean, I'm saying is, you know, you can mock the Commanders all you want. They gave Brady his toughest game and and during his Super Bowl run, and Taylor and Taylor Heineke beat him last year. That's true. No, that that's my thing. Brady's beatable. Is, Brady is no longer infallible. All I'm saying is, there's a world. Or Tom Brady plays Daniel Jones and then Geno Smith to get to an NFC Championship game. That's if true, and I agree. It's it's general. sad in general, but like, I think Danny, I think the Giants can beat him, and I think the Seahawks can beat him. But we're talking, think, oh, we're talking a lot about Tom Brady for how much we hate all hate hate on him. I think a I think a lot of teams. I think any team can beat any team in this in this league, especially this year. But I don't know. The, the Eagles Brady look pretty nasty. The whole premise of this, though, is you guys the, the, Buccaneers <laughs> the Buccaneers have a Commanders, really. The Buccaneers have a silk road to the NFC Championship. You figure their shit out. Yeah, we can talk future no, Buccaneers. I, I, we can talk future Buccaneers later, though. I think we need to. Probably I think we need to talk about Steelers. Cool. No, yeah, yeah we need to. We need to get on with the. We're we need to get on with the rest because we still got big game. No, we got yeah. neighborhood watch to talk about too. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, neither. You gotta talk yeah. about the Steelers a bit. So the Steelers, let's be honest, is a Steelers Colts game. There's not going to be much to talk about, anyways. But the boys walk away with the dub. You know, as we close in on Mike Tomlin's potential. Potential. I'm not giving up hope yet. Potential first losing season. It's scary saying that. It's scary when like the bar for failure is lose a losing season in Pittsburgh. You know, that's how that's how spoiled I am. <laughs> but. You know, the first half, it's another example of, like, the Steelers, it's weird. They either don't play the first half at all, and then they, like, are the comeback kings, or they play the first half and then don't play the second half at all. Like, it, the the Steelers can only play one half of football, and I don't quite understand why. Um, but, you know, that first half, I think there's a lot of good things to look at on both sides of the ball. Um, uh, Matt Ryan looks god-awful. Oh, my God. That guy looks bad. But at least Jonathan Taylor's picking things up a little bit uh, for the Colts. But George Pickens made a couple really good catches that like continue to impress me. I really think he's going to be our receiver one either next year or the year after. Deontay finally had another good game, too. Like He really came out and started catching difficult balls for the first time. It's the first time I've watched Deontay and been like, not butterfan. Like, geez, I, I felt confident that he was going to catch the ball when he got thrown the ball. And... I get that I'm a little critical of Deontay, but like, there's been some really bad drops in in the last couple of years for him. No, I mean, I think it's fair to be critical of Deontay this year because his year this year has just been really bad by a number. Like, he's the number oh, one yeah. receiver in Pittsburgh, and his his year has been terrible. I don't think he's a touchdown this year. No, he doesn't. Which is Still incredible. doesn't. Still doesn't. Nope. Well, the the thing is, like, I don't mean to be like, Steelers are scoring touchdowns this year. How many touch? We have like, I think we might have like ten touchdowns this year. Like, we we we're. One of my favorite this is actually I think it was my favorite NFL stat till it was finally broken a week or two ago. But about ten weeks through the season, the Steelers longest touchdown play.
eight yards. So you would not score yeah. a touchdown from further than eight yards. No, we got like a 25 yarder. I remember that broke it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's incredible. That's so bad. No, but the, no, the <laughs> thing is, the thing is, is I really think Todd Haley just needs, like it's the same play calling every week again. Uh, I, I guess I'm. Yeah, yeah. Canada, I can't stand the man, but like I, I, I listened so I listened to a bit of McAfee and like even the Steelers guys on there are the same way. This it wasn't even them talking about the Steelers. I think it was somebody else talking about their team. But like the the way they vocalized it sounded the exact same way I feel about the Steelers. Like it's a shame that I sit down on a Monday before the game and I'm gonna be like, this is exactly what's gonna happen, and then it does, you know. Like it's 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 a shame the Steelers can't just go win a game, like they really can't. I, I will say that I hate saying this because I despise the Steelers with all my heart. I watched Kenny Pickett on that last Monday night game against the Colts, and I said that was the a, first game I watched him, and I said that's our future quarterback. That was a really good game for Kenny. Kenny, Pickens. Kenny. There's a couple critiques I have, and the one is it's I think everyone's been critiquing his reliance on Fryermuth. Um, and he's resorted to just not passing to Fryermuth at all, as a result. And I don't think that's the I don't think that's the thing. Um, but you, you the the thing is, you definitely notice it when he is stressed in the pocket. He looks for Fryermuth. Like you you saw it on the one red zone drive at the end where Fryermuth dropped the ball. Like he got jumped on the route. Like when things are tight, he yeah. just Kenny just chucks it to Muth. Like that's which is good. Yeah. He's probably the biggest. Now that Claypool's gone, he's probably your biggest catcher. I'd have to assume. Yeah, I mean, predictability can be a bad thing, but I think, I think if you have a target like that. No, but know, my point, Lions, I just, like, I don't, I haven't seen it since Heath Miller's been on the team. Why can't the Steelers throw an inside slant? Why can't they? Just put put Fryermuth to tell him to run ten yards straight and then go diagonal or curl flat in. Why can't we do that? Like Steelers are the only team I know when it's third and nine that you can guess 50 percent of the time they're throwing behind the line of scrimmage. It it doesn't make sense to me at all. And there's more deep throws. There's more deep throws. They're definitely throwing the ball deep more. Like we're getting those opportunities more. But now that Claypool's gone, nobody's beating anyone streaking down the sideline. <laughs> so we just like you really, you really don't. Well, I think Pickens is taking that role. I, Sorry, George. You can go. But no, he's taking the role, but we don't call those plays. We don't. We don't send them down the sideline. I, I want to return to this tight end point real quick. And you're kind of saying Kenny was relying on Fryermuth, and they're, they're moving, moving away from it. I think quarterbacks being relying on tight ends is a good thing. And I think if you look at the most successful quarterbacks ever, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, Peyton Manning and Dallas Clark, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. No, but even look to the pit. Even look to Pittsburgh. If we could have a Ben Roethlisberger Heath Miller connection again, we'd go to a Super Bowl. I'm telling you. Bro. There's a reason your whole stadium chants. He, no, I know. That's my point. Because he, because tight ends can eat up the middle if you put them there. No, yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like, I think pick a going to fryer move. You know, in the clutch situations is good. It's like the Mahomes Kelsey thing, obviously a lesser version of that, but it's the same idea like George was saying. But I still think now you're you're, you're kind of right when like you can't just be targeting the whole game because then it does become predictable. Oh, and I don't mean and then that. The defense my, stops it. My point like, is, is I'd like to I'd like us to find the firm medium. Pat Fryermuth yeah. shouldn't be getting two catches, but he also shouldn't be getting twelve. You know? No, like he, yeah, he, he yeah. should he should he, be getting somewhere in between to, there. He needs to connect with Deontay and Pickens way more than. 
And I think he's learning. Well, I mean, well, I think, that's I think the, that's that's the, the passing game all around, honestly, just needs to improve. And I think a lot of that right now is play calling. Because the only plays you actually see us catching routes on are the five-yard runbacks. And I know we were talking about that. But the play that Deontay ran back seven yards and lost the first down two weeks ago, I almost ripped my TV off the wall. Like, he did something kind of similar this week. Where he he does, no, George, he does it every week. Deontay runs five yards back every ball. I watch the highlights of the Steelers all year. It's been a thing, but like James had him, and he saw the play that I'm talking about a couple weeks ago, where like oh, yeah. he caught oh, the ball so six angry. yards ahead of the first down, and then just ran backwards, and then it was second down. Like I'm all I'm fine with a receiver being like, all right, let me Crafty. Like, cut back yeah. and up around, like to get more space. But like you don't lose the first down if you do that. Like don't run back far enough to where you're losing the first down, dude. Like, take the yard. I remember watching that live being so fervently met. But overall, good game for the Steelers. We pick up a Monday night dub. Honestly, like, I've, I'm very surprised they kept us on Monday night. They've been moving us around a lot. <laughs> um, but people like watching Kenny. I think the people like watching Kenny. I think people are starting to buy it. taken in the draft, so it's, it's a big No, game. that's the thing. It's it, a I, franchise. Actually, if you saw at the beginning of the game, they said 43% of the fans in attendance were Steelers fans. Oh, well, that's that's just Steelers. That's just Steelers. Steelers Nation shows up every... Do, do you remember a couple of years ago when the the Chargers played Renegade at their COVID stadium and the it was 70% Steelers capacity? Like, and they played Renegade, our, our home chant song, away? Like... Outside of those LA teams, though, where it's more of a tourist attraction than a fan base, like that's not very usual to see a couple Midwest East Coast teams traveling at forty three percent. It's impressive, especially no, yeah, for sure. I but I like to say, if like if you told me one team was showing up that big, I'd guess the Steelers. That's fair. I mean, and any eh, team playing Washington at home, maybe the maybe like the Cowboys or the Patriots. Hey, what the Browns? They travel, and there's also also the stat. from last season's games, um, Browns ninety nine point two percent of seats filled across all every home game last year. Oh, they're cheapest. Who wouldn't want to go but watch a Browns game for ten dollars? Well, hey, they're not like that no more. It's not like this. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a I wish the game for ten dollars. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, now we can talk either the big game or the neighborhood watch game that we have. Um, but I say we probably uh, should go to the big game next. We don't have to talk that much in depth into it, but it was a shootout. I have it selected as the Eagles-Packers game this week. Like, I watched that game, and it's sad to see Aaron go down. Like, I, I'm running out of childhood quarterbacks to watch. You know, Ben's gone. On there, man. It's a new generation. No, it is. And I, but like, I thought A. Rod might have a few more years. But like, I listened to a bit of his injury, and we'll talk more about that later. But Seeing him go down, I was just like, oh, no, not the A-Rod era. No, I'm not ready for the A-Rod era to be over. But, well, but the, we, got the, we got the back end of Favre in our childhood. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Don't give me, I, mean, loved, I loved watching Favre. Favre. We had Manning. We had Rodgers. Well, back end of Manning, we had Rodgers. We had Breeze. Breeze was a fun one. It would have been around for a while. But, yeah. But, but also, Dude, I used to love watching Matty Ice. He's been one of my favorite QBs keeping in Atlanta. Quarterbacks. Important quarterback show up with Aaron Rodgers going down though. Jordan Love coming in, six passes for 113 yards with one tutty. I will say I, I don't don't want to diminish his game, but 
Eagles were up multiple scores in the fourth. They were in a deeper zone. Don't let up any big plays. And they still let up a big play. It was just a slant to Christian Watson that yeah. for a lot of yards. But he really looked good out there. No, he looked like he had control. He looked like he could manage the game when Rodgers went down. And that's what you have him there for, I mean. Um, but, no, but I, mean, I mean, the thing is, we're talking Packers. We've only talked Packers here. And they're the losers. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles put no, up 40. Before we go into the Eagles real quick, I just want to say about Jordan Love. I honestly, if Aaron Rodgers is, because he has like that oblique injury now, and he has the, he has the thumb, mm. he's had a broken thumb for weeks. And they're saying maybe like, like a lung injury now too? Yeah, I mean, I, or chest yeah, or something? I, 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 at this point, like, just let Jordan Love play. Like, even if, even if he ends up being bad. Oh, I don't like, know. I, you... Even if, even if George is right, and you know, like, you know, like because I, I agree. I think the we have this debate defense. set up later. I think in the injury talk, and we, and we'll, and we'll get into a little bit more. I mean, we could just do it now. I mean, yeah, but but anyway, I think the Eagles were playing soft defense. I think that they really did. Like Jordan Love had the opportunity to pick him apart. But I want to see a more consistent before I say like, oh, because like there are people out here being like, oh, you got you got to you know start him over Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is done. Maybe this is like. The Peyton Manning, you were Peyton Manning, looked uh-uh. awful and couldn't play again. Maybe that's maybe that's it. But I think you got to give Jordan Love the rest of the year and let and let Aaron Rodgers recover because you got to see if Jordan Love can play. And you got and Aaron Rodgers is hurt anyway. And no offense, the Packers aren't going to the playoffs this year. Like sucks for a that's lot. not a true. It's there, not statistically. It's not impossible yet. They have, they have they have lost against almost every team that they need. Yeah, but if if they run the table, they're still in it technically. They need other teams to lose. Don't get me wrong. Like it's not like a walk in anymore. I think, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually agree with James here. Let Rodgers at least for a few weeks. Let him heal up a little bit. You, you're gonna lose Rodgers. Rodgers isn't the type of guy to heal up. Like I, like I, we were talking about it a bit before the podcast. He he went on. McAfee's show, and he says he wants to play. I don't mean to be like that. Rodgers is giving me a bit of a diva vibe this kind of Rogers. off season. With it, you know, he's kind of become that that ayahuasca man. He's become the hippie man in the mountain. He's been memed a lot this off season, and I don't think people are taking the man as seriously as he is for the record and history that that man has. You got to remember, they gutted the man's favorite shiny weapon. In Devontae Adams, the guy has nobody I mean, to throw to. I mean, in, I mean, in fairness, they offered Devontae Adams a better contract than the Raiders, and Devontae Adams wanted to leave. So don't I get mean, me wrong. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I agree. The Packers aren't performing as well as they should. Like, if here's, I here's here's my hot take: start love the rest of the year. Start Rodgers for the rest of the year. Start half and half. At the end of next year, Aaron Rodgers will not be a Green Bay Packer. I agree. Ooh. I agree. I, I see. That's a better see. But that's my point. That's why I say you play Aaron. Because if if you don't play Aaron here, if you bench Aaron now, Aaron is going to get angry. And when Aaron gets angry, Aaron plays football. And and Aaron will get some fuel in his system. And I'm telling. I'm telling you. No, I'm telling you. He he'd come to Pittsburgh. He'd come to Pittsburgh. He'd come coach up the young gun in Kenny Pickett so one year. Out, you're already out on Kenny Pickett. You want Aaron Rodgers. Well, I don't think you trade for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think if a team's going to do it, it's probably the Jets. I don't think we're – I mean, do we have to trade for – is it? Is this his last year? 
No, he's on a two. He's he's gonna like pay like fifty mil next the next two years. Oh, never he mind. Like, I don't want. Never mind. I don't. I, I thought it was like. I figured this was his last contract here. No, yeah, he has two more years on his contract. Like he's 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 making money. Like a team that's trade for him has to have cap space and a good roster. That's why I threw out the Jets. Lions. Do you know what the Lions might be a good fit for? I think that'd be funny. Okay. I mean, honestly, maybe they hear me out. Good. Another the, he would and never go. Being that's the opposite of Aaron Rodgers. It's Dan Can. Aaron well, Rodgers he, wants to go to Brazil and smoke some ayahuasca. And Dan no, but Campbell hear me out. I think I know a better place where he could do that. Uh, I think, I it, they would have. I think they might even be able to get the trade for it if they send a weapon or two over. Um, especially, I think I know he owns the city, but hear me out. What if he went and played there? Oh my there? god! No, what no, if he no, went and played no. there? Hear me out. Not after not after the year the year Fields has had, dude. Not well, not yeah, Fields. well, is it Fields is hurt? Yeah, but like, but that's no, but that's my point is. Is we'll, what if we'll talk about Fields later? But I think Fields has played well enough. Oh, I agree, that but that's why I think, I think the Bears could get Rodgers and picks for Fields. But you already have. I mean, I guess if, if Jordan Love isn't the answer, but like, I I, I just think you have to let. Jo- I I think the end of the day, you let Rodgers deal. Jordan Love though. What? Packers are bought in on Jordan Love, though. Obviously, they spent a first round pick on the guy. Yeah, but yeah, they I mean, there's no way they're paying him starter money yet. And if they can wait another year to avoid paying him starter money and give him a year behind another QB who they think they could take it for a little bit. Well, I think he's in a contract year, so like I, I'm pretty sure like either they they got like they either got to pay him something or let him go. And I I feel like a team is going to be willing to pay him probably oh, more. Than Love him. is still sitting there. Love has another year or two on his rookie. Does I was going to say, I think... Is this his fourth year in the league? No, this is his fourth year. This is his second year behind Rodgers. Yeah. This, there's no way this is his second year. I, it's either his third or his fourth. When was Jordan Love drafted? 2020. So, so, year three? No, this would be so year two. Year, so, it's his third year. So, no, he no, was drafted in 2020, so he played in 2021. Played twenty. Well, he played 20, 20 to 1 and then 21 to 2. So, this is his third year. Oh, usually, okay, yeah. Okay. It's usually four years with a fifth-year option on rookie deals. Yeah. Okay, so they're either going to have to pick up his option or not. Okay, so... But that's what I'm saying. This year, he'll have another year and then the option. But that's what I'm saying. I, I'm willing to... What? Hear me out. If they traded for Rodgers, give two years of Fields. You have two years of potential success. And then you... St- if Fields doesn't work out after this injury, if it's as bad... If it's bad, or long-term, or anything like that... That's kind of my worry with Fields. I'm worried this Fields is going to break. I'm worried Fields is going to get RG3'd if he stays in okay. Chicago. Being I want a, him out of Chicago. Being a Washington fan, I'll tell you, there's the chance of it, but there's two reasons I think why he won't. First of all, he's way more physically built than RG3 was. RG3 had a very like lean build, and Fields is much more built. The other thing is that Fields also had a slide, and not take hits. RG three did not know how. to No, do but fe- the, I've seen Fields play so passionately, and like he tries even when they have no chance, and they're probably winning. Like he gives it their all, which I respect. But like, at some point, like the dude's getting hurt, and he's gonna keep getting hit. Like the way he runs, and I mean, 
I mean, sure, but like, I feel like the NFL is turning, moving to a point now where like mobile QBs are just the norm. Like, maybe not like how Fields is running and how Lamar. That's runs, my point. It's, like it's Fields and Lamar mobility. feel like they run a bit more than they need to. Yeah, and maybe, but I still think I, I still think Fields definitely is not like he's not the same injury risk as RG three. I, I think RG three just because of the, his body type was a much yeah. bigger injury risk. Right. Um, but you know, anyway. I think we should honestly move because we kind of got off track with the with the. Yeah, we got one more. We've got we've got one more big game. I think we talked the Eagles a little bit here. The Eagles a little bit. Oh yeah, we we, yeah. yeah. I think I think we gotta give them their due because. Yeah, you're. I I can't. We we got onto them a little bit, but then we kept going. Yeah, back to the Eagles putting up forty, breaking. George was mentioning they were breaking records out here, like. This, this game was crazy. You know, I was disappointed. This is going to be a little bit of a fantasy take, but I have Hurts, and my opponent had Miles Sanders. And they both put up 30. And I was like, I look at that, and I'm just like, it would be so fun to watch my team do that. I wish my team could score that many. I wish the Steelers would put up 40 in a game. I don't think you know, we're going to get more, over 35. What is the Steelers' highest scoring? Watching, watching the Eagles lose, that was more fun. That's the Commanders. Tr- that's true. Go ahead. Commanders, baby. I think the, the Eagles are going to go deep. Like, I think I have them going to the playoffs. I have them going deep in the playoffs. I have them going to the Super Bowl. I might even have them winning the Super Bowl, depending on the matchup. Um, I, I don't know if I have them going to the Super Bowl, but they're they're one of the top. I mean, they're a top two team right now. Like, I think only the Chiefs are better than the Miami. Like, they're, their they're offense one of the best is just so play. nice. They have so many people. Olave's going balling out. Um, AJ Brown. Um, you, you mean uh, you mean Devonta Devonta Smith? Oh yeah, yeah. Not a, isn't AJ Brown also there? Am I getting no, that AJ mixed Brown's up? there, but uh, Devon, um, Olave's Devon- on uh, the Saints. Oh, Chris Olave's on the yeah Olave's on the Saints. Um, Devonte Smith, yeah, 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 wrong young guy. You're yeah, right. No, you're, yeah, you're good. You're good. But George, you have anything to add to this uh, Eagles praise? Because like, geez, they were balling out. They were balling out on the budget. Not even on budget. They, they, that's what I'm saying. It feels like the Eagles shouldn't be allowed to have this many good players. I mean, that's what happens when you have a QB on a rookie deal, man. I mean, look at like, look at Mahomes back when he won the Super Bowl. Like his team was stacked. I mean, oh, and they go play the Titans next week too. They're all right. Well, we got one more game to talk about last week, so let's get that done. Let's get that. We're on to our community. We well, can describe this a little. Real quick, George oh. is back. George had to really go to the bathroom. No worries. What's George's Eagles take? George, George Eagles take. George has some Eagles, t- Eagles takes real quick. First of all, it was an incredible performance by them. They broke a single-game rushing record that was set in 1949, 363 yards on the ground. Jalen Hurts is the first ever NFL quarterback with 100 yards on the ground in a quarter. He had 125 and 125 and a half. That's just incredible. But yeah. Eagles aren't winning the Super Bowl. Whoa. You want to know why? Why? Gardner Johnson, their corner who was leading the league in interceptions, just ruptured his spleen. He's a massive loss and exposes a little bit of a hole, a hole that the Eagles had last year, which is somewhat of a weak secondary. That's okay, true, but I, I don't see the up. Eagles losing a shootout. The Eagles, they're not made for a shootout. I know they scored 40 points this week, but the Packers' defense has been terrible this year. They scored 40 points yeah, they on the They scored 35 ground. on the Steelers, D. They scored those on the ground, though. You don't win on the ground in shootouts. You don't. You, uh, that team does not want to get in a shootout with Joe Burrow or Patrick. 
I I dude, I disagree. I think I think Eagles whoop the Bengals in a shootout, especially because they actually have a run game, whereas I think the Bengals run game is much weaker. No, it's weaker than the Eagles, but it's not weak. Oh, Joe Mixon. Um, I'm not saying it's weak. Joe Mixon ain't weak by any means. But we've got anything else because we've got one more community. We got to explain the community and team. I am excited about, and I think we can start by explaining the neighborhood watch team, the community team. Yeah. I so just we give one big old oh Duval. Give it to Duval. I, my dad's gonna get so angry when he hears me shouting that around here, but. Um, yeah, we've decided uh, for the Neighborhood Watch Party podcast that we are going to have a Neighborhood Watch team throughout the year. You know, we're all, me and George are definitely a little more opposed than uh, James is to us. But with the, the the innate conflict that exists within our friend group, we've decided to try to find a team that we could all unanimously watch. That's That's fun to watch, but not necessarily, you know, top of the line. They're not... It's not like we're gonna just hop on the Eagles ten and one, you know, just start Eagles fans, fly Eagles, fly. You know, that's not that's not what we're gonna do. We're not about that. But we have selected the Jaguars, as was obvious by Duval. We're gonna be watching the Jaguars. You know, I've it's not even so much about the culture for me. I'm just really into watching the Golden God Trevor Lawrence light up people. But even more particularly for this week, I think it's real exciting for me and George to talk about it. Because the Ravens get handed another loss, another big divisional loss for us in the AFC North. <laughs> let's, let's talk about let's talk about T Law, Trevor Lawrence, real quick. Twenty nine for thirty six. The guy's a stud. Twenty one yards, three touchdowns on no picks, and a one twenty nine point eight QB rate. Wow. He just watching Trevor Lawrence play. It, it was like watching everything I want Kenny Pickett to do. You know, it was just like. I get he's a, a year later, but... And then I, Doug Peterson absolutely dropped his something that hangs from a male. <laughs> right in John Harbaugh's face and went for two with the game on the line, and Trevor Lawrence and Zay Jones connected again for the 11th time of the game to win the game. Yeah. Incredible. It was... It was nasty. That was a good ending. I was real. I mean, I'm always happy to watch a Ravens loss, but you know, it's even better to see them lose like that, which has been so common nowadays. What no, were you yeah. saying about that earlier, James? Um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I wanted to point out that like the Ravens, despite being a really good team, they just can't close out games. I mean, I think almost every game this year, that I think it's like, I, I think. Every game, but like one or two, they've just had a lead going into the fourth quarter, and they almost lo- and they still lose. They still have what five losses on the year now? Like that's I, that's ridiculous. It's a shame like, the AFC North is still open with the way the Ravens have been playing. Like yeah, no, they should <laughs> they should easily be a. I mean, they're seven and five. They should easily have nine wins, nine or ten wins right now. Yeah, I or, agree. I guess it's nine I, wins, but it's just absurd. It makes no sense. Now I believe they're tied with the Bengals for the division right now. I don't know. I, mean, I think. The Ravens have the tiebreaker right now, but yeah, they do. But I mean, hey. I would honestly take the Bengals to win the division at this point. They just look like a better team than the Ravens. The Ravens just keep—they just can't close out. And big something big for me was the Bengals have continued to win games with the absence of Jamar Chase. That is big. Well, they—they they got so many. What do you? I, that's see, like it's not big to me. That's the thing because they've got T Higgins and they've got um, what's his name? 
blanking. Boyd. They got Boyd. Boyd? Like, that's what I'm... The receiver core has always been stacked. You take the cherry off the top of the sundae, you still got a full dessert. Um, like, <laughs> Joe I mean, Mixon's back there. Ending of the year. The tight ends are nice. And Joe Burrow's nice with the one of the best offensive lines in the league, from my understanding now, right? Oh, no. Uh, oh, oh, I thought no, they were no. supposed to be good. I thought they, like, bought in heavily. I thought on, that's what they did. Joe Burrow's the second most quarter, sacked quarterback in the league this year. Yeah, yeah so but I, you got to remember, Joe Burrow's explained that. You got to remember, Joe Burrow is getting sacked because he extends plays. Like it's a certain, it's not, like Joe Burrow could throw the ball away more and not get sacked as much. I guess. I mean, because I, I remember the, that was a big interview, especially when it came out that like they were the number one in sacks, but they've been falling back. Joe put it on himself, which I get. That's what you're supposed to do as a quarterback. You're not supposed to like blame your own line or anything like that, but. Um, we, we could talk about. I mean, we could talk about someone blaming things on their team if we want to in the news section. But, um, well, <laughs> but like as a, 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 I just like feel like Burrow runs around a lot and tries to extend plays, which in turn is going to get you sacked. I mean, you know? sure. I, I still think the O line's performance is not as is not as good as it should be for who, for what they paid for it. Fair if you watch the, lot, first, if you watched the first game of the year against the Steelers or that Monday night game against the Browns, it was evident that if they had someone at real left tackle to block TJ Watt or Miles Garrett, that it would have been a completely different game. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I've been a little, ever since TJ's come back, I'm a little low-balled with his performance. I get that like at least it's opening up Heisman for everyone else. Heisman and everyone else, but like, but I guess I we, mean, can, yeah, we, we can. Yeah, we don't need to talk Steelers now. The Ravens, nah. like, did they? What do the Ravens do now, though? Like, because they're not out of these games. They're in fact they're winning them usually, very I mean, late. With, like, yeah, <laughs> the thing with the Ravens is like at least not this week. Lamar actually had a pretty good game this week compared to the last few weeks because the last few weeks he was just playing bad. Like Lamar was just playing bad the last few weeks. But, like, I don't know what it is. I mean, you would think because they've, they've won close games. I mean, I'm going to be real with you guys. When At the end of the game, when Justin Tucker was kicking, I think it was that 67-yarder, right, 68-yarder, something like that, I really thought they were going to win because I, that's just how much belief I have in Justin Tucker. But, like, the fact that, like, you need the best kicker in the NFL to give you a chance to win after you were leading in the fourth quarter by, by a good margin and you had possession of the ball too and you still lost, I – I don't know where you go. I just think you lose so much momentum off that game. And because you lose to a team in Jacksonville that was, you know, kind of sputtering. They might, they're getting better, but they're a young team, new coach. Trevor, that was be- Trevor Lawrence's best game of the year, in my opinion. Like, I just think you lose so much momentum if you're the Ravens right now. And that locker room has to be furious just because of how much they've dealt with the whole year with just losing close games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you blame it on coaching? Do you blame it on execution? Do you blame it on conditioning? I mean, we could talk about strength and conditioning a little bit here. Why are you guys gassing out in the fourth quarter? But what that recipe that they've showed us this year is not a recipe to go far in the playoffs. I mean, George, that's been a a contentious point with the Ravens for a long time is how they go through their offseason and why they have so many injuries because they just, they go so hard in the offseason. And maybe it's just, you know, it's, it shows through every year, but maybe this year's just more of a year that's hidden them. I mean, you never know. 
you might you have to ask questions there, but I've had enough to talk about those disgusting birds down there in Baltimore. Right, yeah, let's get on to some current stuff into that second portion of the show. You know, we're gonna get onto some more contemporary stuff happening around the league now. Um, George, I I think our first news point, the biggest news point of this week, is gonna be for your team. So I'll let you take it. Because I don't know how you're going to support this. Uh, we we got we well, to be touchy about how we talk about them, I guess. After two long years, 26 civil lawsuits, <laughs> and more than enough headaches for probably a lifetime. Number four of the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, will be starting a quarterback this That's In Houston, against his old team, the Houston Texans. Now... I want to start by saying, we as a podcast, and I'm sure I can speak for Ader and James here, do not support any of his actions, alleged oh, actions, whatever you call it. We yeah. we don't support no, any not at all. over the last two years. We, Stay out of the massage rooms, Deshaun. Yeah. But what I hope we could do in this podcast is talk about him playing football. We don't support any of his past actions. We don't think highly of his character because of it, but the reality is he's starting this week for the Cleveland Browns, so I want to talk about how that's going to impact and the game. At least from my end, I can do my best for that because I've been watching uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger for, uh, what was it, 17? 17 years? Um, oop, we might have lost. Oh, there's James back. But, oh. Oh. Yeah. No worries. But I've been watching Big Ben Roethlisberger for... Uh, Quite a bit now. I get he's gone now, but I don't. I get it wasn't twenty six civil lawsuits or anything like that. But um, at the end of the day, I think um, you know we are here to talk about football, and you know we can't help, even if we want to disagree with what happened, or even if we oppose the decision to continue letting him play. You know, facts remain. He's going to be probably killing the Steelers in a couple of weeks. You know. <laughs> so. Let's let's talk about him on the field a little bit. Yeah, gonna, we're gonna bring a new element to the Browns' offense. <laughs> My it's man, a- Jacoby Brissett, he rode with a seven for eleven, number seven Jacoby Brissett for eleven games. So proud of what he's done. He ended even the Browns so far in the season the fifth highest rated team in offensive efficiency across the league, top ten in QBR. Can't ask for more out of your backup, really. Maybe the record isn't exactly where we want it, but. We've missed multiple game-winning field goals. We let up 15 points to the New York Jets in 31 seconds. Uh, there's not, there's some, there's, that stuff was not really in Jacoby's hands, and we can't, couldn't have asked for more of what Jacoby did. But Deshaun's bringing a whole new element to the game. Deshaun could, he could let it fly, man. There's, there's um film coming out from practice today. Uh, that's Wednesday before the fir- his first game back, and he just has so much zip on the ball that the receivers have to get used to it. Jacoby just didn't throw the ball as hard to him as hard as him, and not only that, but he has a whole running element at the quarterback position. It's kind of the new wave. You have your Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray's, Jalen Hurts. These guys are tearing apart the league right now, and Sean Watson really has that element. And all these play action boots that look like they're dead when no one's open downfield, Deshaun could take off. So. I expect the Browns' offense to maybe start out a little rusty in the first half against the Texans. I mean, you're in week 12 of the season, and you have a new guy back there at QB, but I expect this offense to operate at a whole new level with Deshaun. And also, like, don't get me wrong, I think you're right, because 
I'm gonna be honest, the Texans are gonna come out here with their, especially their former QB, and they're gonna be ready to play. They're gonna be a little angry, probably. Fired up. Yeah, and so I definitely could see something like that, like a Browns going into the half, like down thirteen to three, sixteen to three, you know, and then just steamroll in the second half, you know, just like first play deep ball down the sideline to Amari, you know, just like something crazy like that. Yeah, that connection between Amari and Deshaun is going to be very interesting. Too. That's I mean, the, that's true. Amari coming, Amari coming from a new team, Deshaun not being allowed back in the facility a few weeks ago. Um, really going to be interesting to see how that connection unfolds and then develops throughout the rest of the season and hopefully years to come. No, yeah, I mean, um, before I talk about Deshaun Watson, I just want to um, just say that I – after we're done with the Deshaun topic, I have some breaking news that just uh, came out a few minutes ago. Holy, um, oh, oh, our first breaking. Oh, well. <laughs> we have official breaking news after after this after this segment. Um, but finishing the Deshaun Watson point, I agree with you guys for the most part. I think Deshaun Watson is going to, in the long term, elevate this Browns offense. He's you know a very good uh, off the field issues aside, like we talked about, he's a very good QB, one of the best in the league when he was playing. He's taken two years off, though, on a new team, running in a completely different offense. And I know he's had time to sit to like to, need to learn it, but I think learning it is much different, much different than executing it. So I do think for the rest of this year, not just the game, it's going to look a little ugly. I think they're going to, I think they're going to lean more on the run game, and really not ask Deshaun to do too much early this year. I think they're just going to try and get him into the into it. The Browns are pretty much out of the playoffs. George, you can say what you want. They're pretty much out of it. Like, that is I, unequivocally I, false. According I, to the ESPN FPI, we have a 4.7% chance. I'm riding all 4.7%. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the same. That was the same way, James. The Steelers actually have a higher percent than the Browns right now. I think we were at like 5.2. We're not out yet, James. We're not out, James. <laughs> Washington's in the playoffs. Right now, but uh, but no, yeah, but going back to what I was saying, I, I, to me, I think this year is a developmental year for Deshaun Watson in terms of just learning the offense, and learning his teammates. I think this year's the end of this year is going to look not great. Like, and I think it's going to make a lot of Browns fans really angry because it's not going to look like this this very uh, cohesive unit out there. And I and I think that's going to lead to them leaning on the run game toward the end of the year. But I think what this year will prove, though, toward the end, maybe the last few games, that Deshaun Watson is going to learn start getting connections with his players and come next year, I think the Browns can be a real threat because the roster's really good. If they can just get themselves a D coordinator and give Deshaun Watson, you know, a year with the team, a full year with the team, no suspension, I think the Browns can be really, really good. But this year, there's going to be a lot of rust, and I think they're going to rely more on your boy Chubb than they are going to be on Watson. Hey, listen, it seems if I had a game plan for Chubb all year, and if you've watched any Browns game, Boxes loaded every game. Seven, eight dudes in the box. Because the fact of the matter is, Jacoby couldn't really air it out. Now, it's a whole different ball game. You're not worried about just Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You got to worry about Deshaun Watson. Who people forget, the last time he played football, he was all pro. Well, not even just pro bowl. He was all pro, and he was just absolutely balling out. Yeah. No, I mean, I, listen, I completely agree with the point that Deshaun Watson's a very good QB. But I think anyone that takes two years off of doing something, like, like again. If Michael Vick went to jail and won MVP the next. Yeah, but you, you're giving him the whole year versus you're giving Watson the tail end of this year. And also, didn't Watson out, didn't, 
I, I know Watson was there for training camp, but he wasn't allowed to be there for the. Uh, he wasn't allowed to be in the team practice facilities until week eleven, right? Wasn't that what it was? Uh, no. So, oh, he was there all through camp. So he was with the team all summer. So they did get to build some chemistry. He yeah, but I'm saying like during the season, he wasn't allowed the, in the, the training facility, right? He's been allowed. He's it's been over a month now. He's been allowed back. So he's been back for like the last month. Still, I think Michael Vick having a full like then sixteen game season to get to like actually like play with his team and I don't have the stats, but to me, I just feel like I feel like the first few games are going to be rough, and I feel like after that he's going to start building more chemistry, actually getting some execution, and and then we'll see the Deshaun Watson that you know I'm gonna lit be, up here, the league on a four win Texans team. Here's my prediction on it, and this could be the last thing on it. Maybe if you want to move on afterwards, I don't know if y'all have anything. I want to hear this breaking news. I don't even. Know I think I think Deshaun's yeah. going to go either two ways. I think it's going to go really good for y'all, or I think it's going to go really bad. Because how much money did y'all pay that guy again? <laughs> Is it like two hundred like million? Two hundred twenty million? Two hundred thirty million, all fully guaranteed. Yeah. Y'all better it. hope this thing works out, or he is going to be a cap monster. Like, like he's going to uh, just... We'll trade him away for a fifth-round pick if we have to. <laughs> yeah, give him a fourth and a fifth. <laughs> All right. Let's hear this right, breaking news, though, James. Let's break, break it. Breaking, breaking I should news. just check out... Twitter so I know what it is now, but I'm still excited. Yeah, it came out 10 minutes ago from ESPN's uh, reporter Pete Famel. Uh, the Rose Bowl has agreed to a, an amended deal, paving the way for a college football playoff expansion as early as 2024. So we're, yeah, gonna, we were, we're potentially we getting a 12-team playoff in 2024. I thought we already knew that. It was originally 2026 now. Oh. Yeah. Um, we're getting this two seasons earlier than what we expected. So we we'll have one more season of four teams. Oh, my God. We're on to the 12-team. But that's huge, though, because like, no, this, that's big. Like, this, this cuts the timeline. I mean... I think oh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's better with twelve with more teams, in my opinion. I, I agree. I think I don't think anyone's going to debate that. This year specifically, um, yeah. Oh yeah, right. This year specifically, twelve teams would have been electric. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, even like I'm was surprised. I'm just happy because now yeah. Notre Dame can have a loss and still go to the playoffs. Dude, most I mean, a lot of teams can have a loss now. I mean, like just no. every team. I mean, if you have, if you're a one loss team, you're going to the playoff. <laughs> yeah, which which I think I think is fair. See, that's not how it was for Notre Dame for a while, though. You, that's yeah, not you how it went out. Yeah, because you guys are not in a you're not in a conference. No, but that's like, my that's point. Is is like Notre Dame like had to you we, one loss pretty much means Notre Dame's out of the top four, but not yeah, out of the top no. twelve. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Like course. three lost yeah. Notre Dame was almost in the top twelve. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited for it because if we can if we can have this like the, I think the parity in college football this year has been better than it's been in a long time, in my opinion. Like, like I think what is Tennessee seven or eight? Is they, are they the seventh or eighth team right now? Like they, they could probably be nine. Or nine. I mean, even them at nine, right? I know Hendon Hooker's hurt, so this, so it, it would be different if he was playing. But if assuming he was playing, right? Assuming he didn't get hurt, like that Tennessee team could probably beat any anyone aside from obviously Georgia, who they lost to. It could be anyone up there. So it's just like I just think this year has so much parity that a twelve-team expansion is kind of needed. Give the give the top four teams a bye and let the other ones play. 
I think I'm very excited for not next year, but in a year when we can actually see that and just let's see all about, these amazing games. Let's talk about the picture a little bit this year. So, you got Georgia at one, the team up north at two that will not be named by me at least. DCU at Them three. dogs that pulled up to Ohio Stadium, the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> the Alabama little red elephants. So we don't need to talk about one and two. They could lose and they're in. That's not important. The big point of contention in this college football playoff is well, I don't even think this is a point of contention really. I think if USC loses, they're a two loss team. They couldn't beat Utah once this year. They're out. I agree. Yeah, I agree. The big point of contention is the one loss TCU versus the one loss. Ohio State. If TCU loses this game to Kansas State, there's no argument. Yeah, there's. Yeah, TCU is out if they lose. Like, yeah, the um, I've Ohio seen State the opposite on in professional sports media today. What? I've seen a lot of people making a very strong argument for TCU, and they do have more top twenty-five wins. And the team they'd lost to, assuming they lose close, if they get blown out, I don't think it'd be an argument. Let's say they lose on a last-second field goal to a team they've already beat. There is, and as a Buckeye fan, I say there's a legitimate argument for TCU. Now, do I think they should be in? No. But I think Georgia would cry a river of joy if they saw TCU instead of Ohio State in. Absolutely. No, I mean... I'm going to be honest, dog. I don't don't think you want that. I'd rather rather not be in the playoffs than go get dicked by Georgia if it's going to be in hell like y'all had this week. I think we're the only team in the country that could beat Jordan. Now listen, I know we just suffered a bad loss, but we went into that we went into halftime leading in that game and we had a fourth quarter meltdown. It was a fourth quarter meltdown. But through a lot of that game, you you watched that game and thought Ohio State was the better team. And And then they started cranking seventy five uh, yard Jordan, runs on you. I think Jordan last time runs where we had some seniors in to get him in on seat. I think the whole second half I was thinking Michigan was the better football team. <laughs> Anyways, Georgia yeah, I... is a more – Georgia's the most well-rounded team in the country. I still believe we're a more well-rounded team. I think Michigan did one thing very, very, very well in that second half, which was run the football and not won them the game. And sometimes you could win games like that, but when you're playing against a super well-rounded team like Georgia, that's not going to work. And I don't know if Michigan has the offensive firepower outside of Lake Corum and Donovan Edwards beat Georgia. I think... Sorry, sorry. No, you're good. Call me crazy here. If Ohio State and Michigan were to rematch, I think the Vegas line would be about you. George, it's the same thing, but I I was saying the same thing about the NFL games earlier. Do you know how hard it is to beat the same team back to back? It's actually the opposite. I just see like if you beat a team once, you're more likely to beat them again. Is that true? Like, because my understanding is, is you I don't know, know, is that statistically true? I was I gonna say, like, I feel like when I've listened to stats and stuff given, and I've heard coach talk about it, coaches, I've heard coaches specifically say in interview, the hardest situation to, to coach is a team that you've already beat that year. Because you got guys in the locker room that are like, oh, we already got this dub. This dub is guaranteed. You yeah. know? No, I, I, I'm with neither on this one. I just think that's not true. Like, even so... No, I mean, it, it might be. I, I, saw that, I saw that statistically. Someone, someone said 
I actually saw heard this today, like on a podcast. I forget what I was listening to. That something like eighty percent of teams that beat a team the first time beat them again. And now I think that stats probably flooded with NFL games where like the Chiefs beat the Raiders twice in a year because the Chiefs are the better team. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're talking about two even even teams, like two teams that are like you know pretty like I mean competitive in yeah. this case, right? Like pretty competitive, like Michigan and Ohio State. We, Ohio State, in my opinion, has a better has a better roster, but like Michigan can play up to them, obviously because they beat them. Like at that in that situation, I feel like the team that lost, like, is going to play way more out of their minds to win the game. But in and, the game, in Buckeyes versus the team up north, both teams are playing out of their minds. Minds first time and second time. No one the Michigan would not walk into that game. Being like, oh, we already beat these guys once. This is going to be easy. There's no way. No, I'm not saying like that's what they're saying. It's more of a subconscious. It's that you've already beat them. You know, like it's whereas before, you know, you might have had that, not necessarily fear, but you know, a little bit of like, I haven't beat these guys before. Like, you know, there's certain uncertainty to it, which uncertainty can sometimes be better than like a negative. No, yeah, I mean, Ohio State lost to Michigan last year, but I do think there was still the mindset of them going to this game that, oh, we're better, that was a fluke, we can still win. And I think that hurt them. I definitely think, like, them thinking they were the better team hurt them because I, th- because I think Michigan felt that they were the underdog, and they capitalized on every single opportunity they had in that game. And, I mean, just, like, bringing this back to, like, the earth, the initial question of, like, should TCU get in over Ohio State? I think Ohio State's the better team, just just objective. Oh yeah, if they played each other. I'm picking Ohio State nine times out of ten. Yeah, I, I think they're objective they're a better team. I think they have a better roster. They had a terrible loss. I'm not going to act like they didn't have a terrible loss. That was a bad loss. You can't lose at home in, at home in Columbus against Michigan. You can't do that. That's a terrible loss. However, even if you look at TCU, they've had way more close games than Ohio State. And no offense, the Big Twelve is not that good of a conference. Like they really aren't. And I think that comes into play because, you know, you have people in the committee hyping up Michigan, saying how good Michigan is, which is fair. They beat Ohio State. They should get, they deserve the hype. And if they beat Purdue, you know, you have Ohio State's only losses to the Big Ten champion who, who, and the Big Ten is considered the second best conference in college football. And so I think at that point, I know George, you're saying like that these like sports analysts were arguing that, you know, TCU should, you know, be in over Ohio State. There's an argument. Maybe there's an argument, but I think it's a kind of a weak one. And I, I think Ohio State still gets in if TCU loses. I would be and shocked if Ohio if State gets in over TCU. Or the other way around, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If TCU gets in over Ohio State and they're both have the same record, it makes no sense. I agree. I, that, that is just my opinion. And if TCU gets in over Ohio State and they have the second loss, like, I hope I wake up from my nightmare. Like, <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't, make, it doesn't make sense. All right. Next. But, James, yeah, I think if we, if we want to get off the CFB, we've got a little QB controversy over in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll be quick on this. I mean, obviously, if you've been paying attention to football a little bit, um, Taylor Heineke has the starting job over Carson Wentz. He's had it since um, the, they played the Bears in week or they they had it since the Bears game. Uh, Carson Wentz played the Bears game and got hurt in that game. Since that game, Taylor Heineke's been the QB, and they are. I believe Heineke's won five games now. He's five and one, I believe. Um, and it starts. It could be a game off on that. But the controversy here is that I know Heineke was named the starter, and I, as a fan, 
believe Heineke should stay in over Wentz. I think he gives the team more mobility. He knows the offense better. I know his arm isn't as good, but I just think he's a clutch player. He delivers when he needs to. The issue is, though, with Heineke is that his stats aren't very good, and he's ob- and it's very clear he's not the future answer. And Rivera, um, Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington Commanders, uh, was talking to a um, to a reporter, Albert Breer, um, for I believe he's for ESPN. And what he was saying was the um, was it's it's a week to week situation with between Heineke and Wentz, you know, meaning that you know if Heineke plays bad enough that they lose, I think Wentz gets the start over Heineke. And I and I and while I think there's a lot of people who believe that they're like Heineke has more of a leash than just like losing one game, but I've watched Heineke's interviews the last three weeks, especially the one the one last week specifically, you know. He's acknowledged in every game that he should play better. But in the last game specifically, you know, he was asked, like, you know, what it means to him to, you know, be the starter. And, you know, and he was he was very emotional about it and, like, being like, I need to play better. I need to play better. And I, I think I think that just shows the amount of pressure on him. And he knows that if he messes up one time in this stretch, you know, that Wentz is coming back in, especially when they're going into the bye week after this week. If he loses this Giants game this week, I think there's a real chance Wentz comes back. And even though I don't want that, I think it's a – legitimate possibility. And the so Giants game is going to be a tough one. It's going to be an important game in division late in the year, playoff and huge playoff implications. Oh, here's my it's a very important game. I think Ron Rivera or Riverboat has the exact wrong take on how to handle this quarterback situation. I think saying you're to take it week by week is the worst thing you could say here. Because you're, you're a team who's if the playoffs started today, you're in the playoffs. You as a head coach need to say, this is my guy. This is going to be my guy the rest of the year, and this is going to take my team to the playoffs. If, you have, if you're have, if you wishy-washy and benching a quarterback because of one or two bad games, and you're this close to the playoffs, and you're right here on the fringe of this as the seventh seed, you're not going to win. You're not going to win games in the regular season. You're going to keep yourself out from the playoffs. Or if you sneak your way in, you're going to lose in the playoffs. Because you don't even know who your damn starting quarterback is yet. Lay down the law, pick a guy, and stick with him. I think no. it's hard to do, though, when you have a guy as talented as Carson Wentz coming off an injury. Um, yeah, I mean, the issue I mean, is he's had injury. some rough I, years. I he's had some rough years. I agree with the mentality, sure. But I, I don't think it's, it's so much a cut and dry, especially with the way Heineke sort of I mean, he's good. He he performs sometimes, but like he's by no means spectacular. You know? No, and I I agree. I mean, I hear both points. Like, I mean, I I've dealt with this effing QB controversy since once. He has he's technically not activated off IR yet, but he could be activated. I think either Thursday or Friday. But I've I mean, the the issue is is like like what George is saying is like, Heineke has that it factor, and you know, but he has the locker like the locker room wants to play for. Him. And I don't think they'd be, like, mad if Wentz got chosen. Like, if Heineke lost and Wentz, like, got the job back. I don't think there'd be, like, a huge controversy there. But I just think – I think George is right where you have to just choose a QB and stick with them. Because I okay. think you just have to establish a – like, you've established a winning formula in Washington. Like, they've won. They've won six. No, and that's – I, I think I, I think you sort of needed to not be as – I think you could still say, like, oh, I think going forward our guy's Heineke. But, I mean, if, if Wentz – 
starts performing really well in practice or something. Like, like you could you could be wishy washy, but still be a little more. I, I, I any room to be wishy washy, and I don't care how hard that decision is. You're the head coach of an NFL team. It's a decision you have to make, but you have. To let if you're, but you got to look at every possibility too. You have to let your guys know this is going to be the guy. You we're 12 weeks into the season. We know. Ron Rivera knows what both of these guys are capable of. He knows what both their skill sets are. There's not more to find out. There's no pages left to flip in the book. He just has to make a decision. Well, that's my 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 point is if if Wentz didn't get injured, would he have been replaced? I don't Maybe. think so. There's a chance. There's a world. Well, that's my my, my point is is if if you're saying the mentality that you're saying, George, Wentz would have the job. And that's fine, but my point is the only reason Heineken got in is because Wentz is hurt. And if when Wentz you're was your... when you're practicing for a wild card playoff game, you can't be splitting reps between two starting quarterbacks, getting half the reps with your starters for. Well, the well, the, the, the point is, I'm not saying split the reps. I agree, you need to make a starter, but I don't think you need to be definitive on it, because the thing is, is. You could have Heineke go play the whole next game and still say the wish you like it. the The point is, I think, is you got to take all your options. Like if if you if you think it's possible at all that Wentz could perform more than Heineke, I don't see a problem with the wishy washiness. I, I just think Wentz could perform more than Heineke. Put him in. I, I think well, wishy washy. Well, well the, I think the issue well, is is he's coming off an injury. That's why it's no, wishy. Like, Wentz would be our if Wentz were perfectly healthy, he would be our guy. But we don't know if he's perfectly healthy. Wentz is a That's question not, mark. I don't think Ron Rivera being a question mark over Wentz's health anymore. I think Wentz could have played last last week. I think he's Ron on Rivera IR. Wishy washy. Yeah, because they left him on that. Oh. I think yeah, they could have. They he was on like four week IR. They could have activated him, but they didn't. I think what, Rivera's being wishy washy because he genuinely doesn't know. Who could win him more games? No, and and honestly, it's a fair question because I like, think you no, know, but that's my point. Know. I think it's a fair question. I don't it's think, but I think, but I think George is yeah. I think George is right though in terms of like you just got like in my like Heineke might be worse the worst option in terms of a pure ta- talent standpoint. But the way I stand is like they've won six games with Heineke. Like they beat the Eagles with Heineke. And even though Heineke makes some mistakes, he runs the offense more efficiently. The offense has looked better since he's been in. And now I'll give Wentz his credit. They have Washington has changed the offense since he's been hurt. They changed from more of a pass-heavy scheme to a run-heavy scheme. So maybe that skews it for Heineke. But that being said, I just think like I think like Georgia said, you just got you give you have a winning formula. You stick to the option. I don't, I don't like that it's even a possibility for Wentz to come back. And I really think the only reason that there's a chance for him coming back is because of how much money they're paying him this year and they want to see if, they can, if they're going to keep him next year or not. But I don't think that's what you should care about. I think you need to care about the right now. And right now, you have a chance to make the playoffs. If they win three of their next five games, they're in the playoffs. Like they, they, It's secured if they win three games, in my opinion. I don't think anyone can catch them. So like I don't think you mess with it now. And if they do, I just think it's a bad coaching Oh, yeah. My, my biggest thing is playing football, watching football, knowing football. If you're in week 12 of your season and you don't know who your guy is yet, it doesn't allow for your offense to fully click and develop their chemistry and get to the place they need to get to, once you make the playoffs, go win a real game. 100% agree. 
Uh, so I, I guess just the situation I think of then, George, is um, the take the you you remember the Duck Hodges year. Um, yeah, when you guys lost to the Browns in the playoffs. Yeah. Big Ben was out that entire year. Oh, not the entire year. Yeah, he came in for the playoff game. Wait, what? Wait, what year are you talking about? I think about the undefeated year. No, you guys started eleven and zero. No, that's not the Duck Hodges year. That's the year after. Oh, you're oh you're talking about the oh you're talking about like the eight and eight year where you guys like almost made it, but then okay. Yeah, there was a big talk going on that eight and eight year because Tomlin, even though Big Ben was coming back, you know, Tomlin was saying. You know, we might go with our guy, like who's been playing all year. I like I respect Tomlin as a coach. My my thing is when you have a guy coming off injury, I th- I think it's hard to be certain about him. What I think you need to be. I don't care how hard it is. I, I think the situation's different though, because like in that, just because Big Ben is a, is, is a Hall of Fame QB that's oh, been on yeah, that that's, team that's for the, thing the entire too. career. Big- and, like, Wentz is just a guy that they traded for in the offseason that they would like to be their guy, but I personally don't think he is. No, so, like, I think the situation is a little bit different. It's sad, Wentz. No, and I, I understand. But all in all, that's it's the QB controversy over there. We got one more general topic here, and I think he's been getting memed on a lot on social media. Um, you know, they've not been riding this year. You know, Broncos country is not riding. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about Russell Wilson for a little bit. You don't mind. He fucking sucks. Because I saw... It's true. I I see so many bad clips coming out of Broncos. There was the one... um, There are two clips I really want to talk about here. There's the first clip, which is from the game. Which is when the defense gets a turnover, I think. And then the defense comes right over to Russ and just starts screaming at him on the bench. Like get out there and fucking do something. Like like go out. Come come on. We're doing everything we can. And then like he goes out and, like throws two incomplete. Like, like <laughs> the team's falling fact. apart around him. Everyone's angry. Javante Williams out for the year with ACL injury. Like you know, it was so promising for these guys going into the season. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Quick <laughs> fun fact: If the Broncos would have scored eighteen points in every one of their games, they'd only have one loss right now. But that's Wait, really? Yeah. That, that's how good incredible. their defense is playing right now. No, their defense is legit. Um, Evero, I think, is their D coordinator. That dude, one of the best D coordinators in the league, might deserve a head coaching job next year for how well he's made this Broncos defense play, considering how bad the offense has been. No, but the thing is, my, my thing is, is we see all this hate on Rush in the meet. Like, George, you, you, you can talk about the TikTok a little bit if you want to, but there's... Uh, there's a TikTok series going around right now. That, yeah, that... the TikTok series is incredible. <laughs> um, essentially, they've been Russell Wilson bought a mega mansion in Denver, and this TikTok, the mega mansion has 12 bathrooms. And since the beginning of the year, since week one, this TikTok has tracked. How many touchdowns Russell Wilson has thrown in the comparison of how many bathrooms are in his house? And as it stands, week 12 of the NFL season, Russell Wilson's had eight touchdowns thrown. 
12 bathrooms in his house. <laughs> right now, it's it's going to come down to a nail-biter. If, if the Dude, he's on average for, like, if he keeps at his pace, he will not make it. He has to pick up the pace. That's to. so bad. That's so he's not bad. on pace to get as many touchdowns as he does have bathrooms. How many interceptions does he have? Like, does he have eight touchdowns? How many interceptions? Is it close? I don't know. But I guess, so I have a question. We have two questions. Two questions. It's not going to be, uh, George's, Sean's Five back picks. this week, so it's going to be a little that, different. Oh, it's so but bad. But one, how do we feel about Russell in general? I can go first on that. But second, Laws, would anybody take him on our team right now? Like your team. Would you even take Russell at this point in his career and the way things are going? Because, I, again, I've sort of expressed the way I feel about it's a, it's a shame to see him underperform the way he is. But I, as I sort of mentioned before, I think I look to the Richard Sermon clip for a little insight on the Russian, uh, the Russell Wilson. And I don't know schemes that well. I don't talk it. But Richard Sherman made it seem two points pretty obvious. A, um, they are running a very different scheme for Russ in the offense that they are than they did in Seahawkland um, in Seattle. Um, <laughs> Seahawkland. But... The other thing I'm seeing is oh I it, I'm blanking now but but the whole the whole issue with all these clips coming out of all the different people yelling at him and and the, particularly the one news story a few I don't know if it was true or not but the news story that got released that said he was calling Seahawks audibles in the game like week eleven or nine or something like like the, 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 his receivers don't know what's going on his linemen look turning around like what and, and like. <laughs> Like, if that's the sort of disorderliness that's going on, like I understand you move systems, but it's week twelve for us. You got to start. You got to start playing a little football here. Um, so I don't think I'd take him. I'm gonna be honest. I think like the only guy I would replace our lineup with on, on him on is like Mitch Trubisky. But I like Trubisky. I'm a Trubisky fan still. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about Russ though. I um, mean, George, you want to go or do you want me to go? I mean, mine's real quick. I wouldn't take sure. him over to Kobe Brissett, let alone Deshaun Watson. I'm riding with my boys. I'm riding with four. I'm riding with seven. Jacoby Brissett led us to the fifth most efficient offense in the league, top ten QBR from a quarterback. He's unequivocally played better than. No, Russ I know. Year. I said it wouldn't be. It'd be definite for you on that one, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as for me, I mean, you know, in the off season, I was a big proponent of like Washington trading. You know, for Russell Wilson. Oh, I was same, was, same. I, I wanted like to I was, a, and and honestly, Washington offer had a. I forget the exact offer now, but Washington had a better offer for um, Seattle for Russell than Denver did. Um, and but now I am so happy that that Seattle was like, no, nah, no, nah, you, you, you know, we don't want to take your deal. Like I, I wouldn't take him over Wentz or Heineke. I think he's probably better than Wentz and Heineke right now, despite. Actually, he's probably not bad. I think Heineke's honestly played more clutch than Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's more talented than once in Heineke. What era? But like, but in terms of like clutch and winning games, like Russell Wilson just doesn't win you games. I mean, Heineke for all his the complaints has won games. I mean, he's he's five and one as the starter. I mean, it's so dude. It's so sad to see what's become of him. He's just like a TikTok meme, like. 
Well, yeah, and I, you know, and, and I guess I, I'll give Pete Carroll all his credit because he must have really hid the true Russell Wilson from everyone because this was not as bad. Well, that's well, like, the part of me is wondering, is it that scheming thing that Richard Sherman was talking about? Like, is it actually just a system problem? Like, Well, it, it could be. It, and I'll, is I'll is like, Russell Wilson a really good tool but just being wielded wrong in the wrong pat, garden patch, you know, like? Um, oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think Nathaniel Hackett should be fired after this year because no matter what you say, I think the Broncos are invested in Russell Wilson for like that. Like, I think they pay him what, like a, a good 220, two, 240 yeah. mil, something like that. Like, yeah. like for five years, like they, they haven't played him for four years, I think three or four years. You got to figure something out. So, so you so and, and I think I don't think you're going to have anyone take him at this point. So I think you just got to bring in and I mean. I think what out. you do there is you bring in you bring in Dan Quinn from the Cowboys and you bring in his old OC from Seattle just so he has some continuity because I think it might be like you said maybe it is just him being misused but the way he looks right now especially his locker room and leadership presence I wouldn't want him on my team I mean no way like he like he he, he kills the locker room no, it's, that's just, right. it's I think not worth it is it is it too soon to say R.I.P. to Russ is it too soon. Oh, I'm officially ready to say for this oh, year. Oh gosh, for this for year. For this year, I think. I, I think I'm ready to call it for this year. But what do you think for the future? It depends on. I, I still have a little coach. shred of hope. I still have a shred You're of hope. Paying him two hundred million dollars, so you got got hope. Yeah, I, I mean, right. like I said, I think it really depends on who they bring in next year as their head coach. But I, I think the Fanduel hack is just in general. Even if you want to like. Like, they just haven't looked prepared. Like, Seattle just – or Seattle. The Broncos have not looked prepared for games. And I think that's a Nathaniel Hackett problem, not a Russell Wilson problem. Russell Wilson's done a lot of bad on the field shit and off the field stuff in terms of being a leader, sure. But, like, Nathaniel Hackett has not done a good job. And I don't care if they don't if they don't fire him until the end of the year, but that man should be fired. And they, should, they need to just look for the best possible option to make Russell Wilson look like Russell Wilson again because you're invested now. And I don't think you can get out of it that easily. But with that, though, I think that hits most of our big breaking news discussions. Um, but I think mo mostly we're going to try to... Um, I, I think we're going to hit a couple of things. You know, the injuries, I think we could wrap through real quick so I can go over that, especially because we already talked Jordan Love. Um, Aaron Rodgers plans... He, he, according as reported by Kevin Patro, but also I saw him on the McAfee thing, he wants to play against the Bears. And recent examinations say he can play against the Bears. So it's all up to them. And speaking of the Bears, Darnell Mooney, though, out for the season. Um, ankle injury, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I don't have that. I just know it is season-ending, and that's what I read on multiple sources. Um, also, getting on some running backs, Travis Etienne um, says he'll be back against the Lions next week. That's good for Duval and the boys and the little team for us. But with the same Liz Frank similarity, Najee got injured this week, and luckily it wasn't his foot. It was some weird abdomen thing. But they're saying it's looking like he's going to be back as well. And so injury updates. There's a lot of other injuries. I know Aaron Donald, um, potentially one. Um, but there's there's other ones too. I think Matt Stafford might have had a little injury scare too, right? I want to say. Yeah, he had a, he had a, he's still in the concussion protocol. Yeah. But I think they expect him to be back this week. Yeah. I'm not sure but, about that. I but overall. We'll learn more about that. Over also, we could do a real brief talk on fantasy. I mean, I think all of our pretty fantasy point talks were pretty straightforward. I mean... Looks like they're all about uh, our team. I mean, team. Before, before we get in there, we can just be really quick about this. Since Justin Fields is, is also um, questionable to play this week, we kind of talked about this uh, before, uh, the Bears a little bit and a little oh, bit yeah. about Fields. But do you guys think um, 
Justin Fields has done enough this year to where he, I, in my opinion, he has done enough this year to show that he has starter potential going forward. And I, I think agree. you just sit him for the rest of the year. Like, I don't think who's, you need to evaluate him Who's behind him? him? Who's behind him? Uh, Trevor Simeon. Like, it's like, it doesn't matter. That's, like, that's he, sort of my thing, though. Like, I might let someone else play. <laughs> yeah, like, just sit Fields to get him healthy and let him let him rest up for next year. I, I think, I think you, you know what you have in Simeon. Stride. I don't mean to be like that. No, yeah, I think you know what you have in Simeon, too. I'm more saying from the Fields perspective, yeah. why risk him getting hurt? You're not doing anything I, this you know, year. I, you're probably, especially with the way he's been on and off, and, and especially with how hard he plays, it would be good to get him, like, really healthy for the next season. I agree. Yeah, I mean they're like they're a three one team, right? Like they're gonna have a top ten draft pick. Like you're not playing for the playoffs. You know, don't risk your start don't risk your, your future QB. I think you just sit him down, you know, let him heal up and you know, build up for next year. That's my opinion. I know I'm not in the I don't like tanking, but I'm not saying they should like they shouldn't play hard. I'm just saying if you when you're risking a player like that and your season's kind of over, you probably should be safe and sit him and not risk him having a season a career ending injury. Similar to how RG three hurt his knee like twice during the twenty twelve year, and then he his knee is, was forever destroyed. I'm not going to argue against your logic, but I'm going to argue against your morals here. I'm, I'm not. I'm a, I'm the tough it out kind of guy. I think Fields probably is too, and I think he'll probably play. Oh, I think if you but, ask me what well, I think will happen, I think he will play. Yeah, but logic. You you do have a logical point that I'm not going to argue. All right, fair enough. No, I yep. get that. I get that. Yeah. All right. Final talk in this bulk portion. Let's talk fantasy. Um, I, on my, I, I have a little bit of waiver wire things we can get to after our each individual talks, but I, I did want to say one thing that shouldn't be hard to do, but we're all going to have some pretty brief observations here about our own personal teams. Stay away from the Steelers. I don't know who's scoring. I, I mean, like Pickens might be a little bit of a good pick, but like everyone else other than Friar, Friarmouth too, especially the running back room, just stay away from them fantasy. Let's look at last game. Let's look who got touches. Warren was hurt, so he's not on the roster to begin with. But Najee, Snell, McFarland, Derek Watt, and Oshevsky all get design runs, as well as Pickett getting one specific design run amongst his other QB rushes. Like, there are so many people touching the ball in the Steelers' rush right now, and it's honestly not that great that I say stay away from it. Anyone else on theirs? Um, uh, yeah, I'll talk to the, uh, I'll talk to Washington backfield real quick because, uh, yeah, you got you got Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson, kind of the cemented roles, uh, the 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 one A one B backs, and uh, I th- it's a very weird take. I think they're both startable, but I would I would say keep a look, keep on the lookout for Robinson to keep improving because I think Brian Robinson has shown in the last in this last game specifically that like he's starting to get healthy again and really starting to hit his stride. Like you have to remember, he was shot in the knee in the offseason. Like dude, dude. Like had to take like had to be on uh, IR for the first four weeks, recovering from a sh- from a gunshot. Like the dude is just getting healthy now, and I think you're just start. We're just starting to see what he can really do. So while I think currently Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. are both startable in leagues, I think that going forward after the bye specifically, I think it might just become Brian Robinson's show. And Gibson, if it's a shootout, will be the passing back passing down back. But I think Brian Robinson's going to take away most of Gibson's work in the next few weeks. Oh, and uh, always start scary Terry. Always start scary Terry, no matter what. Especially if Heineken's playing. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to ask. I, I we have that one question: Is scary Terry supposed to be in there? Would you would you play? Oh, yeah. it, especially with the, the matchup. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Good. Good. Heineken's good. playing. 
quick scary terror. We'll throw it over to George for them brownies real quick. Oh, I mean, let's talk about all the people who took that roster spot and cashed Deshaun Watson for the first 11, 12 weeks here. I mean, that's dedication. You guys all hope he comes through this week. I hope he does for you guys. And same thing with Odell stashes right now. He might have just got kicked off an airplane for going in and out of consciousness and not wearing a seatbelt, but good to you guys for stashing them. I think they're two guys that could make big differences in fantasy football playoffs. And congratulations to the Deshaun Watson owners. You got you 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 guys could send Sam Darnold, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins back to the waiver wires. You got your guy. Yeah, but here's I, I got a few more d different waiver wires, just things to look at that got some important perceptions. So the first one we're gonna look at a guy we talked about a little bit in our first little neighborhood watch section. A guy who is supposedly only rostered on eight percent of rosters. Zay Jones. I think Zay Jones. I think Zay Jones is a pickup. I think Zay Jones is a. I can't believe only eight people, eight percent of rosters had him. That's incredible. I can't believe it. Uh, Go buy that man. All in on Zay Jones. We're all in on the Jaguars. Another receiver. This is going to be a little biased, so he's making it on the list. To him. I'm biased. I like him. He's my dog from. He's my dog. I played video games with myself for adult. Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. Because you know he might have only ha he had his best game yet with the Bears. A pair of catches in 51 yards. But Darnell Mooney is out. Darnell Mooney is out. It is time. They need another big guy to throw the ball to. And Chase Claypool is that man. He might fall down when he's catching the ball. He might not be able to catch it in the sprint. But gosh darn it. They're going to need somebody to throw it to now. Going Running back. Uh, there's one one. This is another little personal bias. But one that I think is really important for people owning Michael Carter. Especially as he exited that game with the ankle injury. Um... There is a 0% roster in their replacement coming in. He Apparently, his name is Zonovan Knight, but on the NFL Fantasy app, he is known as Bam Knight. So you got to look him up differently on different apps depending on what you're on. But it's literally rostered 0%. So, like, with the injuries and all that, if, you, if you've got Michael Carter and you just need to ch chop him out like I do, it might be a good one to look at. Um, other than that... We could look at some quarterback matchups, but I think we're going to stay away from that for the waiver wires. Most people have their good QBs set in. You're not trying to just uh, scrunge around. And so this will bring us yeah. to our third bulk portion where we're talking about next week's games. We're talking about things that matter. We're going to start off with the big games that matter, and it looks like we got three ones here listed up, so each one, our, each one of us, I guess, could take one of them a little bit. Um, I think these are games that matter in the playoff picture. I think these are games that matter just for being fun. Um, I think these are games that matter divisionally. Um, but my one that I really wanted to talk about, I think, is the Jets versus the Vikings. Because, first off, like, the Giants are already just doing good. But New York football's going crazy this year. Can we talk about that? Like, it's the first time in a while I think both teams have been go this good. Like First time in a while one of the teams. That's true. And, and, yeah. and the Vikings might be one of my favorite. Every time I turn on the Vikings this year, like, I have the time of my life. Justin Jefferson is so fun to watch. Like, he's a beast. The, especially that, that Bills, that, that Bills-Vikings game might go down as, like, one of the best games in football history. Like, that was crazy. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure, I don't know, I, th I don't know who wants to talk about which one, but George, I see you brought up this one, next one. Yep, um, Miami-San Francisco. 
Oh, yeah, that's a big now, this game, not to get ahead of myself, this is a potential Super Bowl matchup. No, I agree. Actually, I was, I was gonna whoa, that. whoa, I, I, I agree. Whoa, I think, whoa. I, I think a, <laughs> Miami is one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Their offense looks unstoppable. Mike McDaniel looks like an evil mastermind behind the team at head coach. And they're, they've played just absolutely out of their minds lately. And I mean, they, they took down the Bills. They're one of the Bills slayers. If, if we're talking about Super Bowl favorites in the AFC. You got the Chiefs, Bills, and Dolphins, in my opinion. And they already took down the Bills once. They could do it again. It took down the Ravens as well. So that Miami team is loaded out there in the AFC. And the same can really be said in the NFC with the 49ers. I mean, the, bat, the, the, the skill room in San Francisco. I know Elijah Mitchell just went down, had a little injury, but you still got Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. It, San Francisco's absolutely loaded. Even though Jimmy Garoppolo's not necessarily doing what Jalen Hurts-like things out there, they're winning football games. And let alone, they might have the best defense in the league. I was say, their defense is nasty. Like an animal this year. Fred Warner's the best middle linebacker in football, and Ward out there on the corner has been locked down this year, so... This, I'm not saying they're my two teams I'm predicting for the Super Bowl, but this is very potentially a Super Bowl. Yeah. And honestly, I think this last matchup, I think this is just going to be a crazy game. But if James, if you want to take it, I no, yeah, no, sure. I mean, like George was saying, how the Miami San Fran game could be a possible Super Bowl matchup. The only, the thing that I think could really change that is one of the two teams in this game. Honestly, specifically the Chiefs. I. I definitely favor the Chiefs over Miami to make the Super Bowl for the AFC, but I, you know, I think there's an argument for Miami. But kind of going more into this game, the Bengals Chiefs. Really important thing is that Jamar Chase should be back for this game. Oh God! Like he's he's practice limited all of last week. They didn't play him last week because they wanted to like keep his uh keep his his rollout a little bit steady. They didn't want to rush him. He's he's on pace to play this week. That's going to be a huge boost for the Bengals, especially against a Chiefs secondary. Who, while I think the secondary is playing, Chiefs defense in general is playing really well. I think their secondary is can be a weak point, especially when you have basically three number one receivers on the field. Any, it's difficult for any secondary to cover that. Not only that, but I think the Bengals' defense is very underrated this year. I think they're doing a great job. I've always thought their defense has been well-schemed. And, you know, Joey B, he, he can just win games. He can just win games. That being said, though, I think the Chiefs win it. I really do. I think the Chiefs lost to them twice last year, and I think they're out for revenge. I... I really think they're going to bring their all for this game. I think they're going to treat it like it's a playoff game. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to come out with, honestly, maybe the best over, maybe the best roster that the Chiefs have had in a long time. Because, and I seek of the overall roster. I understand they lost Tyree Kill in the offseason. That's a huge loss. But I think their offense has still looked extremely dynamic without him. And I mean, they I think filled it. Defense, they got Juju. And, I don't mean to be like that. Yeah, they took. They got rid yeah. of one slot receiver with another great one. No, they they got Tyreek Hill. No, I, 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 I don't think we can say Juju replaced Tyreek Hill. No, I don't think that. They also grabbed like, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore in the draft, MVS in free agents. So they lost one guy, but they, they added. No, it's not just one. I I agree. Oh no, yeah, they've added a bunch of pieces to fill in, and they've done a great job distributing the ball. Travis Kelsey is still the best tight end in the league right now, and the Chiefs' defense has been playing lights out. Like they've been, uh, the, honestly, since Patrick Mahomes has been on the Chiefs, 
even the, with even their Super Bowl defense, I think this defense right now for the Chiefs is the best Chiefs defense they've had in Patrick Mahomes' time there. Like, I think we're seeing probably the best overall Chiefs team, like in in Patrick Mahomes' Mahomes' time. Like, well, as, back to Travis Kelsey, man. I think Travis Kelsey isn't just playing like the best tight end in football right now. I think he might be having one of the best tight end seasons of all time. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, the man is playing out of his mind, and. Even though the te- and it's one of those things where teams know where Patrick Mahomes wants to throw, Kelsey's almost always his first look, and Mahomes and will always get him the ball. Can't stop it. No, so I mean, I think Chiefs win that. I think it's like uh, Niter was saying. I think it's a crazy game, but I think the Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs treat it like a playoff game and come out playing really, t- really hard. Right. And I think we hit the neighborhood watch here real quick instead before our favorite teams, just because I think there's not much to talk about in the neighborhood watch this week. It's going to be a little easy game. We got the cat fight in Jags-Lions for our community watch this week. And I don't think the Jaguars should have a problem finishing off Detroit. You know, I I look at it and I see uh, they don't have Hawkinson anymore, who I thought was the most dangerous guy on their team. You know, I look at this team and I see a gutted, lifeless organization. I think changes need to be made. Oh, you're doing my you're doing my guy Dan Campbell dirty, man. Yeah, I, I, I think changes no. need to be made. I think they had a little they had a little flash of light, they had a little flash in the pan, but they almost beat the Bills last week. Yeah, yeah, they're but like football, man. They're know. trying. They're picking it up. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the Lions will be the Lions. You know, the Lions will be the Lions. I mean, listen. I think. I think our boy, our boy Trevor Lawrence, and our du- and the boys from Duval are gonna go go to Detroit and win. I think they win that game. Um, that being said, like I think Trevor Lawrence builds on his performance of last week and keeps going. Like I, I think I think Peterson's a good coach. I think they found. I think Trevor Lawrence is getting in a groove, and I, I think he's gonna perform really well. That being said, though, I don't think it's gonna be a cakewalk. The Lions have played really well the last few weeks. Especially, like, they've almost beat the Bills. I think that really shows what their team can do as a whole. And so, I think our boys win, but I, I think it might be, be a nail-biter game like last week. It might take another Doug Peterson two-point conversion call at the end of the game to win to win the game, if you know what I'm saying. I don't, I, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But let's get into our favorite team analysis before we get into that final closing section. And so, again, I think all three of us, I think we might have something to worry about this week, and it's probably from a team we really normally wouldn't be worried about. And, you know, I'm not saying, like, I think we're going to – it's necessarily for all of us, I think we're going to lose. Like, I think the Browns will beat the Texans. But I think all of us will have, you know, a little bit of a potential – they see this week falling apart, at least. And I, I could start, too, with the Steelers-Falcons, because I don't think – I think out of these games, I think that might be the least entertaining of the three. <laughs> um because it's going to be Steelers, Falcons, and you know, these aren't two either side of the ball. You're not looking at any explosive teams, you know. And sadly, what, what we're looking at with the Falcons is is Mariota, you know. Mariota, Kenny Pickett. I want to say my boys should have it. I really want to. But I'm a Steelers fan, and I know the reality of our situation, and I know the reality of how we play. And I know we're probably going to lose by like 40, 
I know Marcus Mariota is probably going to hang like four tutties on us. Like It's going to be stupid what happens this game. I'm hopeful it's a game the Steelers should win, in my opinion. But I'm worried about one big, bad tight end man ruining us. Absolutely scorching our middle. Um, so it, it all, we'll have to see how it goes. Um, but I, I'd probably, if I were looking at the line for the Steelers game, it's got the Steelers at minus one. I mean, I, I agree with that, but it's going to be a close. It's, this is going to be a nitty-gritty game. And I'm scared of Marcus Mariota. I said that <laughs> earlier in the podcast. Marcus Mariota scares me. <laughs> yeah, just real quick for me, I got the Browns over the Texans. I don't think the game's particularly close. I think we could come out a little, little rusty. <clears throat> I think you could see a 0-0 game, 7-0 Texans at the end of the first quarter. I think especially in the second half, the Browns open it up. We run the ball. We pass the ball. Score. Give me the Browns 31 to 6. Oh my god, I gotta give a score. Let me go back on my score. Wow. I have to give a score. That was just, I just off the top of my knowledge. George is, George is being obnoxious right now. Jeez, I'll, I'll give you a score. I'm gonna go like 20 to 17 Steelers. Like it's gonna be a low scoring right there. All I'm, right. I'm gonna uh, write these I'll... down too. George, you said what? 31 to <laughs> <laughs> I want to write this. Back on this. Yeah, I just want to. All right, fair enough, fair enough. No, Good. but yeah. See, you... I think I think my matchup here is honestly probably the like the toughest one of the three. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, sure. this is this is for this this game this series because Washington plays the Giants twice in three weeks and they have a bye week after this game. If this is these the the playoffs are on the line here for the Giants and and the Washington Commanders going into these next three weeks, and I think it's going to be a really close game. I think Washington has a better overall offense, has a better overall defense, and is better on special teams than the Giants. But it's a divisional game; anything can happen. Even though Washington has momentum, and I think Dable's a really good coach and runs a really good scheme. I think to me, the run game is really critical for this game on both sides. Both sides are going to want to establish it, and both sides are going to try and stop it. For Washington, the key is going to be not only stopping Saquon, but making sure that Daniel Jones stays in the pocket. They want like Daniel Jones cannot be the the rushing quarterback that he normally is. Washington needs to have their D line contain him and make him throw the ball to their non existent receiving core. If, they, if Washington can do that, I think they can win the game. But going going back to the offensive side for Washington. Their deep plays haven't been – they haven't had very many deep plays over the, over their win streak, and I'd like to see them hit on some more play-action deep shots. I think they need to utilize that more and hit on the red zone more. But, like I said, I still think the commanders will pull away with a win here. Since we're going scores, I think it's tight. I think it's like 25-24 Washington with the win. I can't wait for all of us to pick our teams this week and all of us to lose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, we, we only win here. Listen, yeah, that's we true. We're, we, we only pick the, we're the most based of takes. But that leads us with our final bark portion. So we're going to get closing things down. But we got a little description to do because this is going to be the end of the show. This is going to happen here. But usually at the beginning of the show, we'd be going over this. We're doing a little scoreboard betting, you know? Not, not actual money between us, but you know how other sports shows, they'll... Well, at the end of the show, they'll all make their predictions and then they'll keep track week to week. We're doing our own spin on that. We've got a little different rule set. So each week, 
We're all going to be making five picks. We're going to have four normal picks and one money lock pick, we're calling it, which is going to be worth three. So we've got a total of seven. If you get all seven points, you get that tutty. You know, you're perfect, you get the tutty. Um, you might miss the extra point. You might be near perfect, too. Potential. You might still get the tutty. But you either way, we, we're going to have some weird rules for picking here, which is going to be a little bit different than other shows. Um, most picks... Uh, will be off of Vegas lines. So when we pick a team here, um, we will be making clear, obviously. We will be doing Vegas lines for the most part. So if I wanted to bet the Steelers this week, the Steelers are minus one. You know, I'd have to take that. However, you are allowed to pick straight winners. You could just pick teams, but they have to be underdogs. And the other two casters can veto it if we think you're abusing a, a little straight winner, you know? And so I will keep track of this. I'll write this down here for us. Uh, I don't know who wants to go first with their picks. If anyone has theirs particularly drawn out and so, ready. So do we want to do like a back and forth? Do we each want to like kind of go in a row? Like I give yeah, one, we, then you give one, then George gives one, and then we just do that? Or do we just want to give all of our picks? How about let's do this. Let's do our first four. Just you do four, I do four, Nutter does four, whatever order. And, and then, then we'll do, we'll our, do our money. Our week. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like it. All right. Uh, I can start. I've got mine written down. Uh, Ned, are you ready for this? Yep, let's go. All right. And this is going to go very heavily against what George said earlier, but I have the Texans plus seven. Wow. For this game. Wow. I think, I think it's way closer than anyone thinks. That's it. I think, I, think the Browns, I think the Browns are rusty, and I think the Texans are getting seven in a game that I think everyone in Houston wants them to win. Give them, if they're giving, getting seven points, I take the points here. Uh, after that, Kind of going back to a big game we talked about earlier, the San Fran Miami game. I'm gonna take San Fran minus four. I think uh, I think San Fran's really good. I think they're probably the. I think they're a very much an underrated team in the NFC right now. I think they could probably beat any team in the NFC to be completely honest. And I think they're gonna. I think the way you beat a high-powered offense like Miami is you run the ball, and San Fran runs the ball probably as well as any team in the league. So I take San Fran minus four there. Um. And then another game that I've talked about already, um, I said Washington was going to win, but I take the Giants plus two and a half in this game. I think it's going to be a one a one point game. James I, is I hedging his bets. James is hedging his bets. I I am. I I think it's going to be a one a one point game. I think you take the Giants here. I think that's what you got to do. James is like week and one then, of a podcast. Either my favorite team pick's going to be right, or I'm getting this bet right. I'm. I'm... <laughs> hey, you do. Hey, you do what you got to do out here, man. You got to get. I got to make people some money if they actually want to bet this. You know. Uh, and then my last uh, pick of the floor is uh, Chargers minus two here. Josh Jacobs might not play, and I don't know what the Raiders are going to do if Josh Jacobs doesn't play. I think the Chargers are just a better team. I love I love the Raiders, but I just don't think they're good this year. I don't know about McDaniel's as a coach, so I think the Chargers minus two. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Okay, okay. I, I respect those picks. I respect those picks. You want me to go, George, or do you want me to keep track of yours first? All right. This is gonna be a shame because I should talk them a lot earlier in this podcast. But... <laughs> I can't look at this spread, and I you guys might want to count me on this because Yahoo might be showing me something different than y'all. But I've got plus 11 on the Colts against the Cowboys. And I'm telling you. Uh, no, that sounds right. Yeah. I think I'm taking that as my first pick. I think they had a really good second half last week against us. They really figured things out. Like, I think if they can continue with the momentum that they had at the end of that game, 
they shouldn't lose by 11 points. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a big if. It's also me being really optimistic because I have Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy team. Um, but, you know, this is what I got to do. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking at these lines, you know, I'm looking around and I think the next one I might do, um, is going to be a little, not controversial, but I'm taking the Packers minus five. Do I have to round up or round down half spreads or are we oh, keeping them in half? Oh, I keep them in half. All right. Then it's four and a half. I'm taking GB four and a half. Minus four and a half against the Bears. Um, I think A-Rod's coming out this week with something to prove to all these Jordan Love sympathizers. I think A-Rod hangs like five tutties this week. Big week for him. Um, this is going to be a bold prediction. But I think the Jets pull out something fun against Minnesota this week. Give me the Jets plus three. And then for my final normal pick, I don't need to talk much. I think that's going to be an entertaining game. We talked enough about it. My final pick, my final short pick, you know, I'm taking, I'm going with, I'm doubling down on them. Taking my Steelers, taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care. Or we, did we say we don't want to do that? Do we, do we no, not you want? You can do it. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Okay. I'm taking my Steelers. I'm taking Pitt. Plus, what's what's the spread on Pitt? Let's look real quick. I don't have it all written out. That's not. Minus that's my fault. One. Minus, Minus one. one. Yeah, I'll take that. I think Steelers. I, I'm just gonna assume we're winning that game. All right. There's my four though. I've got right, Colts right. plus all eleven, right. Green Bay, Jets, Pitt. Admittedly, I have a repeat from James and a repeat from Eider. Uh-huh. I have oh, all written down before. That's fine. I, don't That's, want I trust I don't you. Want I trust you. Before. You're going last. You're going last. It's hard to. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's, un- it's understandable. I also have the Giants plus two and a half against Washington. Okay. Yeah. And I also have Pittsburgh minus one. Let's go, Georgie. <laughs> wow, Georgie's a Pitts plus- fan this week. <laughs> Man, our first podcast, uh, we're already thinking of like boys. Look at us. Maybe to absolutely no one's surprise. I have Cleveland minus seven. <laughs> Dude, that's a I rough did, pick. I don't know. Six. Um. Well, yeah, all right. And then what was your and fourth then my pick? Last pick? Yeah. Game we haven't talked really not about yet. We got Buffalo minus four. Ooh, the, the Thursday nighter. The Thursday nighter. Thursday you got Buffalo minus oh, four? Oh, Oh, that's the Pats. Yeah, that's I got good. Buffalo minus three and a half on Yahoo. What does James got? I think it's minus four. At least All right, I'll give you I'll minus four. four. Make it hard. Make me, make me earn it. I'll make <laughs> it. I'll do it. I'll minus four. I'll do. I'll do it. All right. And now we all got one money lock pick. And this uh, is gonna be worth three. I do points. like uh, George's pick though. The, the Bills minus four. I do. I like that. That's gonna be a good game. I really like my picks. I'm gonna put that up. Fair enough. All right. Sorry, Niner. Keep going. All right, we've, we're on to our money lock picks. And so, you, reminder, this can be, we, we haven't had any straight winners yet. You can pick an underdog with the straight winner. I think so it's, be, wait, it's it, that's the thing, isn't it? I, we might have to retalk these rules after. Why would you ever pick a straight winner underdog? Because aren't they going to have yeah, a spread? That would, be, that would be dumb, so we're probably not going to do that. Yeah. You're right. Let's just stick was, to spreads. Stick I mean, to spreads. Uh, are we just going to stick to spreads? That's stick fine. to spreads, yeah. 
I thought about All right. that more. Do you want me to start again, or are we going to go reverse order? Yeah, we'll go. go ahead. Same order. Same. Same let's order? go reverse. Right. No, let's, we're, we'll reverse so George doesn't steal our picks again. All right, uh, fair enough. Okay, that's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Because my lock of the week is a game that has not been mentioned in this at all yet. And I know it's only the first episode. And I know our community team is the Jaguars. But give me Dan Campbell, Jared Goff. Oh, no. This is Lions not where I thought you were going. Against the Jaguars. You're rooting against us week one? Give me the Lions oh. plus one against the Jaguars. Oh, my God, George. The community's going to hate you. Lock of the week against our boys. All right. I, I just mine's also one. Great. Mine's also one that we haven't touched on yet this week, and I, I definitely hammered on this team in the show and their quarterback. I think they're falling apart. I'm taking the team against them Monday night. Give me and is it Andy Dalton still? Is it the Red Rider? No, give me and. Give me Andy Dalton against Tom Brady Monday night. I'm taking the Saints. Saints plus three and a half. I want it. I want Great. it. I love it. Tom Brady always falls apart again. I want right. it. And I re- right. what I really want is Ian Book to get in. <laughs> Ian Book for the return. I want Dude, that man got destroyed the last time he played. I, I know. He came out first pass with interception. <laughs> but, but last money lock of the day. Last money lock. Jamesy. All right. Yeah, this is a game we also haven't talked about. We talked about one of the teams, though. We've talked about them a lot. And oh. despite giving them a lot of praise, I'm taking the Titans plus five no way. the Eagles this Ooh. week. Wow. That's, that's for your lock? Oh, oh my. This is going to be... Listen, for my I, lock. I'm, if, if this happens... I'm to win. I think they straight up win. But I'll take them at plus five, 100%. That's that Michael Graham influence right that's, there. Man. I'm telling you... If, well, we're, me and George are either going to be laughing at you at the beginning of the next podcast about that one, or we are going to be looking like idiots. We got some incredible picks laid out here, fellas. I think we do. No, we got I a good think, spread. Only George has a little bit of overlap, but I mean, that's not too bad. We've got a good spread. But closing. No, I think we've actually done a great job actually making these bets. Yeah. Yeah. This is a pretty good spread, I think, here. So going over it one last time, I'll get it just to make sure I didn't do it. We've got Jamesy for his first four and then the money lock. We got Texans plus seven, San Francisco minus four, the Giants plus two and a half, and the Chargers minus two, with the Titans locked in at, for the money at plus five and a half. George Scott. Plus the, five. It's just, oh, it's just, it's just pl- plus five. five? Okay. Well, yeah, just plus five. But you can you take him as a one or two. Take him as a one or two. I think they'll just win. But oh, if, I mean, if, if, I also if think the Lions will just win, but that's not important. To me. The the I'm line. Just, I think we just just for consistency. Shot. Yeah. But George yeah, Giants Giants got plus two and a half. Minus one, Cleveland minus seven, Buffalo minus four, and Lions plus one for the lock. And then Niter, Colts plus 11. I can't believe nobody took the plus 11. That, was, that felt too easy for me. I can't see a double debate, digit spread to not pick it. Oh, what? Oh, you, uh, the Green Bay minus four and a half for me, Jets plus three, Pittsburgh minus one, and then my lock is the Saints plus three and a half. But all in all, we ended up going really long today. <laughs> Um, we did. <laughs> um, this is over. well over two hours. Over. Well, two. I've got us at two hours and six minutes right now. So we're wrapping things up. Jeez. We'll be a little more laid out. Hopefully a little more concise next show, guys. Um, I think I we have too much. It. I think we had too much content prepped, guys. I think, I think we're too we, good at that. Here's, I, I think we started too late at night is my problem because I'm ready to fall asleep. 
That's true. But I think we had a good chat. We'll, we'll definitely try to figure out something better for our schedule. But for y'all, if y'all have any comments, remember I said it at the very top, but we're hopefully going to have our email and all that other good social stuff in the description. I'm going to be making a YouTube channel, a Spotify channel, and a uh, TikTok channel at least. But right now, we've got at least an email for you to email some questions in at, which is going to be the neighborhood watch party at gmail.com. You know? No, yeah, send, guys, please email us questions. Please. We'd love send in your questions, comments on the video. Answer questions. We we will argue whatever comment you say, and even if it's got to be something like we don't we will if it's not a team we talked a lot about today. Don't think that we again we 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 might not cover the entire league every week, but if we don't get to your team in a couple weeks and you're you're getting worried about asking a question about them, ask a question. Be like, where word? I don't know who we didn't really talk about today, but. Let's look. Let's look. Let's just. I don't we didn't know. talk about the, except for my. The Patriots. Opinion, we didn't talk about the Patriots at all today. Hey, Isn't a that, little bit. A little bit. I, I took the Bills over them. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But like, that's you know, that got mentioned right. It, it's a it's a good day in football when you don't have to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> we didn't talk actually. You know, we didn't talk about the Cardinals at all. We actually never that talked too. about that. And honestly, I think we could have talked about the Patriots a little bit with that whole uh, you know, Jesse James re- revenge. Um, I don't. I don't want to get too far into this because we're over two hours. Th- no, and that's the thing. We, we're Cardinals wrapping. have some drama brewing. That's they true. really do. They do. Tyler Murray actually defeated a couple hours ago at Patrick Peterson, missing him on his podcast, and then DeAndre Hopkins tweeted something like, "Why are you going at my man when he's down? What do you mean he's down? We know he's short, but is something wrong in Arizona?" Yeah, no, I don't know what's going Jeez. on there. Things are brewing. We might have to let that cook a little bit. See it next week. We'll definitely talk about that more if we missed it this week. But again, I'm I'm Andrew Nider. You've heard me probably call a different thing. I'm with my boy George and James. This is the Neighborhood Watch Party podcast, and we thank you for tuning in. Goodbye, y'all. Have a nice night, guys. Duval. Peace out. Duval. 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 You 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 bet against Duval. I don't want to hear it, Georgie. Yeah, man.